Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. Oh, I can stop touching myself. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's start. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Andy. Hey, now. George. Hello. And uh, first-time guest host, Rich Sowers. Oh, hey, guys. What's up? <laughs> right. What's up, Rich? What's Not up? much, man. Not much. Right. How are you guys doing? Good. 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 All right. This is episode 244, a new series called Fellow Podcaster Series Volume 1. So yeah. is it sours or is it sours? Sours. Sours. Okay. I'm going to mess that up all. <laughs> all the time. Yeah, people do all the time. No is deal. it weans or is it wines? Wines. Is it roof or rough? Is it Breckenbach or Breckenbach? I don't know. Dude, I can't, I can't <laughs> I get them. <laughs> all right. Let's uh, catch up with everyone's week. Who'd like to go first? I can go first. I mean, you're lucky if I remember you at my age. I'm lucky if I remember your first name. <laughs> right. Like that one guy, Dan, I met. And he was like, the next time I met him, I said, what's up, man? And he was like, oh, you remember my name? <laughs> he thought I said Dan. <laughs> <laughs> that works. Yeah. So, dude, I was on call this past week, and things are getting back to normal because I got like six calls. And I only went out on about three or four of them. But, my God, we got done recording uh, last Tuesday at 11 p.m., I laid down in bed, probably went to sleep about 11.30. I got a call at 12.30, and I was out till 4 a.m. Then I like just came in a little late and went to work. And then I was out. I started editing the show, and I was beat. And Andy was like, this is Wednesday night. Andy's like, um, or was it Thursday, Andy? I don't remember. Wednesday night Thursday, or Thursday? Thursday morning. Thursday morning, Andy's like, hey, uh, I, I don't really have a lot going on over here because it's raining out, and... Uh, if you want, I can edit the show. I know you got a call and everything. So I was like, oh, man, that'd be awesome because all I got was about 30 minutes of editing done. Then Thursday night, I had another call. Wow. Yeah, so I, I definitely would have been been uh, behind the eight ball. I mean, Andy saved the show last week. So <laughs> thanks, Andy. Yeah, no problem. And then Friday, man, Friday worked, and then Friday night I got another call to go down to Trenton, and then they oh woke my, my ass up Saturday. Yeah, and then Saturday I had a call, another call, because I was supposed to go to a, a family event, and I completely missed it. But then I stopped by the field on Saturday, and uh, we had our night fly going, and I planned on going to that. But when I got the call, it just threw a wrench in the whole works. And so I stopped by the field just to see everybody, and uh, it was pretty good turnout. I think uh, some people were leaving, and some people were going to still show up for the night event. It was probably about 6 by the time I got to the field, 6 p.m. And uh, Mike D. was there, and he let me fly his Mamba 60. He took nice. off with it. Yeah, he took off with it and then just was like, you want to try it out? And I'm like, sure. What the hell? It's the biplane version. I don't know if our listeners know what that is. Uh, it's the Flex Innovations Mamba 60. And what a cool kick-ass plane that is, man. I hadn't flown anything with that that flight controller, the Aurora. Mm -hmm. And Aurora, is it? Or it's not Aurora. Mm -hmm. Aura. Yeah, Aura 8, yeah. 
it took a, I think it compensated for a lot of stuff, but I didn't, it was like, you really didn't realize it was working in the background. That's how good it was. Exactly. Very yeah, cool, takes, man. Yeah. You never I, used one of those? Kevin, no. Or one? Nope. Oh, they're great. If they ever yeah. make the fly barless controller, I'll throw everything else I have away. I mean, they're, their stuff's just that good, and you said it, and that's what everybody says about it. You don't realize it's there. It doesn't yeah. bite you. It just smooths out your mistakes. Yeah, and I think it takes the environment out. Just yeah, you know, it takes the environment out of it a little bit. I don't know. I I can't really fly that great, and I can fly mine and do stupid stuff with it. Hover it straight mm. down to the ground, fly it underneath the power lines like a helicopter. Um, mm-hmm. It just. It, it just does whatever whatever situation you put it in, it will do that. Sounds yes. like it's a confident builder, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's a you know it's a pretty good sized plane too. Yeah, um, it was a decent sized plane, really nice, good flying plane. So I didn't want to do anything crazy with it, but I flew it for uh, you know probably half a pack, and uh, I didn't land it. He landed it because he's used to landing it, and you know he has crazier throws than I'm kind of used to, and probably less expo and all that. Uh, but what a cool plane, man! I was like, ah, now nah, you got me thinking about getting one. But man, they're 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 a little expensive, you know, as far as foamy planes go. Get that QQ three hundred, dude. That's my favorite airplane. That QQ, or just go steal Steve's. He's never going to use it. Well, <laughs> I wanted to get something that was like night flyable. You know, they've got they've got a night yeah, version. Mine of is it. night version. Oh, really? I have to look yeah. into that. Problem is now you got to drive to Virginia to steal it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can fly whenever. No, I think it is. Did you move just your helicopters or your planes too, Steve? Oh no, every oh, crap. first I, move was I, all my RC. I do have to drive to Virginia then. Yep. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Friday night got on the sim, which was never a dull moment, dude. That that's just too much fun. No, I had a lot of fun on the sim. Been practicing the inverted autos and just doing crazy shit and enjoying uh hanging out in discord with the fellas man really really cool you know it's a good group of guys man and it's it's cool that you know it's people from all over and it's they're they're all different you know in, in different phases of life and in different areas you know and just everybody's different but we all come together under the, the helicopters and just have a ball man it's really cool yeah, it really is fun so the last thing I did was working on the R2 project, and now I'm in the port where I'm just sanding and priming, sanding and priming, and today I actually painted the body and the legs, like anything white, I painted like gloss white, and came out really good, man. I mean, I'm taking my time and getting like 100, uh, not 100, 1,000 grit, like before I start to even think about painting, 1,500, you know, I'm wet sanding and all that stuff, getting it down there, and it's a... Uh, it's a cool project. It's like a it's like a giant model car you had when you were a kid. It really is. Yeah. At this point, you know. And I'm uh, just I'm anxious to get you know the physical the three legs together and just get it to where I can just start adding stuff to it instead of having pieces all over the place. <laughs> you know. But a model car can't be your friend like R2 can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then you're gonna have to program that thing to get you mix you a perfect drink, right? Yeah, I'm gonna have to figure that one out. Definitely sponsored by Kettle One. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> got to work on that. Um, but yeah, that's all I've been doing. Who wants to go next? 
All right, I can go next. So I did sim uh, Friday. Friday was a rough day. You know, I worked ten to whatever, working from home. But um, basically, after work around five o'clock, I just started packing up more and more stuff. By seven thirty, we hit the road, and I got down there around two thirty in the morning. Oh wow, Virginia. Um, so yeah, it's you know. It's, it's, it's a solid six and a half hours because I've been now going – because I'm going back and forth so much. I'm sure I'd drive a little bit further with gas, I guess. But um, basically, I cut through Pennsylvania um, to Maryland and then into Virginia and kind of skip Delaware and, and the bridge and the tunnels and stuff. So I save a lot of money on tolls. I think it's something like 35 bucks each way I'm yeah, saving wow. on tolls. Wow. Is that how much it is? Yeah, yeah, something like that because I'm a double axle trailer. Oh, oh, oh right. man. Yeah, so they add, you know, of course. But um, yeah, I did get a couple. I, I did get my helicopter kit that I ordered. Uh, finally in. I think I ordered a Kraken when in June or late June, I think, or I mean late July or August. No, sorry, it was in August. And um, yeah, I finally got the Kraken 580 Nitro in. Um. I was so excited to build it, but like I, you know, when I got it in my house in Jersey, I'm like, oh, I can't open it. I can't even touch it. I, I just got to put it in the put it in the trailer, put it in the trailer. Just you know, bring it down there because I'm gonna be down there this weekend. So I'll start building it then. Um, yeah. So I got there uh, Saturday morning. Woke up kind of you know early. I think seven or eight o'clock, and basically just started unloading the trailer. I'm like. I was motivated. Like, as soon as I can get that work done, I can start building that <laughs> helicopter. <laughs> nice. And doing other things, but, you know, but that was one of the things. So, uh, yeah. So, I started building a, my first goblin at the uh, new house, you know. So, that's well, cool. That's cool. I had no space for it. It was on a little kitchen island that was, uh, you know, that we have in the kitchen. I just kind of cleared it off and made that little, little build table. But I've worked on it, like, more in the nighttime, but I got it, got it done, well, not got it done. I got like the engine mount of the airframe and stuff like that. Um, probably by like one in the morning. I don't know. I just worked doing other things in the house too. Um, and I, I was like, oh man, fall mowdowns next week. What do I do? Do I just leave it here? Like all my RC stuff's here. Should I just leave it? And I'm, you know, at one in the morning, I'm just like, no. <laughs> so I packed it up in the trailer. <laughs> With my toolbox and, you know, the, the kit and all the parts that I, you know, I kind of thought of. And so I brought it back to Jersey. And then I started continuing, you know, yesterday, Monday, and, and today. Um, it sucks living in two houses because <laughs> I'm building this thing and I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, I need servo horns. Okay, where's my – wait. Damn it. That's at the other house. I don't have any of my parts. I don't have any, you know, extra bits and things. I'm like, all right, well, I'll build what I can. Oh, I had a couple servo horns in my, you know, my toolbox, my field box. So I was like, all right, I'll use those, get get everything started. I actually found three. So I was like, okay, I could do the cyclic. Perfect. Get that built up and kind of get the, you know, it's 90% done now. But I'm like, oh, servo extensions. <laughs> I don't have that either <laughs> with me. <laughs> so it's like I can't do the servo setup, the throttle setup, I mean. Um, and then I'm like, all right, well, my tail servo. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I was going to use the one off my Nightbird that's in pieces. Like, you know, the boom is separate. I was like, oh, yeah, that's back at Virginia, too. All right. I guess I'm not doing that either. 
but it's pretty much done. I'd say it's about 90% done. So I'll have it definitely ready for um, the fall mowdown this weekend. Nice. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. I can't wait. I'm breaking that motor and get it going. Uh, I did fly a small heli in my backyard. Kind of been trying to see like if I can fly small planes and helicopters. And just a little blade heli that I had. And I got to say, it's, um, it's not a lot of room. So I'm, I'm flying pretty tight in like what I feel like is like a little rectangle box, which is kind of good for practice, you know, when you do fun fly, you know, when you go to fly fun flies and stuff. And I don't know. I'm kind of getting used to it. And I'm getting used to doing things, you know, kind of low to the ground. Like, I mean, with this hell, at least, I don't care if it crashes. So I guess, but like I'm keeping it under 10 feet, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice. Like half pyro flips and try to do circuits and figure eights that are very tight. Like, you know, funnel was scary as hell. As soon as, soon as I got that tail down funnel, I'm like, oh boy. Oh, <laughs> looks like it's going to come at me. So, But um, I am getting used to flying in a more tighter space in my backyard, which I want to cut some more trees and make room. So hopefully it'll get bigger and bigger over time. But for now, I'm enjoying it. I can actually fly that and the UMX Timber. Um, I'm going to actually try the. The other plane I have, um, the RA Cores one, the, the tiny one. I don't remember what the wingspan is. I think it's like 18 or 21 inches or something like that. A little yak that I got from Jim, you know, from RA Cores. So I want to try to fly that in the backyard and see if I could actually, like, cover, you know. Or, so, yeah, you know, I was going to say, barrier. easy. You're supposed to just fly it around in a high alpha all the time. Right. Well, I tried in this backyard in Jersey, and it's way too small. Like, Either it's I'm, I don't have enough airspeed, so it kind of just wants to drop, or I have to kind of go too fast. And I have to like turn constantly, <laughs> like it's constantly moving. Constantly it, well, it doesn't have enough power to just like hover around. I don't know. I think I need to kick it up uh, to another cell count. I think I only have two two S packs for it or something. Uh-oh. So it's a little bit on the, um, you know, weak side, I guess. Okay. But I bought it originally just to kind of slow fly it around and want to learn to like. Uh, you know, rolling harriers or they're just like rolling maneuvers, right? Get used yeah. to inverted, rolling back and forth, and kind of doing stuff like that. Yeah, so. Most of those planes, you can just hang it on the prop and just tool around yeah. wherever you want to go at like walking speed. Yeah. yeah. I got to get better. I think that's also my thumbs aren't just programmed for that, you know? <laughs> yeah, so. if I can fly that Twisted Hobbies Beaver in my driveway, dude, I think you'll be able to fly that thing in, around there, around that area you were showing me. Yeah. Or showing us on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, uh, but yeah, that's about it. You know, I'm back in Jersey now. Uh, like I said, so I'm just gonna, I'm actually gonna be heading back down, and we'll talk about that. And what's next for you? All right, who'd like to go next? Let me go next. Cool. Uh so last week I said I was going to put bangs in that motor, and probably I think you talked me into start building the oxy five i did neither yeah. one of those things oh <laughs> surprise surprise uh, <laughs> damn it andy I, I suck the surprise is gonna be one of these days when you actually do what you say in the previous week one of these days in one week i'll probably build like three helis <laughs> make up for lost time uh yeah i've been busy working on a combine actually all week and getting that thing ready for harvest in a few days 
So it's kind of been taking up my time. When I come into the evening, I'm just like, yeah, I don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. Kick back, recline, or watch TV and go to bed. Yeah. Um, he's talking about the, I edited the show last week. So I'm sorry, guys. It wasn't my best work. But <laughs> the funny thing was, is it was raining. I was like, well, I don't really got a lot to do today. So no problem. I've got, I can start on this at noon and have all day to work on it. Well, then right after I talked to you, Kevin, I ended up having to go down to the shop and do some stuff. And then I had to meet up with dad and go to town, get some stuff we needed to sign notarized and then this and done that. One thing led to the other. And I ended up not getting home till about seven o'clock that evening. Oh, geez. Yeah. So I didn't get done editing till like 10, 12, 15, I believe it was. Something like that. And then you messaged me. (laughs) So it's a little bit late, but I, but I got it done. And then I simmed on Friday uh, with you, Kevin. And that's, that's just a blast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I miss it. Yeah. I've got to kind of was, uh, I don't want to say it was a chore, but kind of a thing I had to remember to do when we first started. And now I actually look forward to Fridays because it's so much fun. Get on there with the guys and, and hang out. Yeah. We're getting more and more new people. And every week I keep thinking that, okay, I got to, call everyone out and find out what they're doing and give them room to, to speak up. And of course I forget. And then everybody's talking and having a good time. And it's always the same five or six of us that are doing all the talking. <laughs> sure, I want to try really hard to remember to <laughs> find some of the newer names and, and let people speak and kind yeah. of tell them where they are and what they're up to and stuff like that. So well, I want to try. Just break in and say, Hey, Anybody that's new, yeah, that's, that's, what I, themselves. that's what I tell everyone. But you, you know, some people are Try to put a little more shy. And want, don't want to interrupt, and since you can't get a word in edgewise without just being like, "Hey, shut up, fuckers!" Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, some, some people may may not be comfortable with that, so I feel yeah. like you and I should do that for them. Just say, "Hey, shut up, bunch of assholes." <laughs> just have fun. But yeah. it is a lot of fun i really enjoy it yeah i bust shaggy's chops but uh it's a yeah. good time it's a good time all the way around it's a lot of fun well shaggy's just so easy to pick on shaggy shaggy he makes yeah. it easy he he's, a, it he's a good sport yeah he's a good sport about it it's it's kind of like a side hobby, <laughs> hobby <with him. laughs> yeah. but i love him he's a good kid he's just he just makes it so easy it's difficult <laughs> to yeah, that's all I've been up to. A little bit of sim, and I I haven't flown any all week. So, give me a no fly card or no fly. Take, take my hobby license, whatever you want to do. <laughs> Deserve it. That's not how it works, dude. Nope. It, it's not. Not here. Not on this channel. Okay, good. <laughs> so I'm safe. Yeah. All right. This yeah. week. Just don't let it happen again, right? Well, if, I don't know. If you go on other podcasts, you might hear some shit about not flying. But <laughs> here, you're safe. Okay. <laughs> here at Free Fall, we tolerate everybody. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. What a got it. Except you, Shaggy. <laughs> Bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
No kidding. I won't. I can't wait to hear how George yeah. EBR waiting for this too. Stop uh-huh. So let's get to that. Yeah. Okay. Um, how'd that boat do? It did really good, other than my grub screw on the impeller and the jet drive finally gave out. But that's because somebody said, "How fast will it go?" (laughs) 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 And you know, I was putting around. I had a really cool Bluetooth speaker in down in the hole, and it was pointed up towards the cover. If you've seen Apocalypse Now, you know what kind of boat we're talking about. And it just echoed, and I had that that you know um, PBR street uh, street gang. This is Almighty over, you know, and then the squawking back and forth. Uh-huh. I had a big loop of that playing on it, and just kind of cruising around. And every once in a while, I'd make the captain's head turn over to the left and look at people along the bank. Yeah, yeah, they got a kick out of that, and the turret Sounds turning. So-, so all that worked really good, but. I had to redesign. When I came back home, I printed a different type impeller and put a uh, metal flange that's got, if you can imagine, it looks like a little hat with a six millimeter hole through it and a grub screw on either side. And then on the brim of the hats, the flange side, it's got four countersunk holes. So I just printed out the impeller solid and Mm -hmm. put it in the lathe and milled it out and stuck her in there. Oh, nice. nice. So it should, yeah, it should, shouldn't give me any more troubles. Cool deal. But it was, uh, yeah, there's a million pictures of it out there. I shared a link out there on Tired Iron. Uh, this guy that was there, Eric, I forget his last name, but he took about 500 pictures. Yeah. I saw a bunch, man. I saw a ton uh-huh. of pictures. You go out on yeah. Facebook to the subcommittee, and uh, there's more, tons more there. It's funny when I got there, you know, I was just anxious to try my sub out. So I thought, shoot, I'm, I'm sticking this dude in the water. And let's, let's see how the water line looks, you know, cause I just guesstimated with the phone and the weights and everything. And I got okay. in the water and got all the bubbles out of it. And it was about five eighths of an inch too high out of the water, which was fine. So I fired her up and. While I was doing this, I noticed here's Bob, the guy that's, he's like the sub guru. He's the sub guy, RC sub guy. So I noticed he's kind of doing a selfie video talking to the camera. I didn't realize nobody else had stuck their submarine in the water yet. You know, there was already several people there. So he gets online real fast and says, you know, we got the first boat going in the water and all this stuff. And I'm not paying a bit more attention until... I'm out there knee deep and getting this thing going and man, it just did so good here. I'm just puttering around the, it's, you know, huge clear water spring fed uh, concrete pond. And, um, it did great. The lights worked good on it. The fire water planes worked. The only thing is, you know, after a day and a half of running, finally my rudder servo got water in it and, and, um, it gave out. Then instead of having elevators, you know, I used ailerons instead of elevators because it was a static model. It didn't dive. It was just, you know, floats along at the, what they call the scum line. So I thought, well, you know, in a turn, that thing's going to list quite a bit. So I can use those ailerons, use the elevators as ailerons to make it stand back up straight. And that worked really good. 
So I was actually hmm. able to steer it with the ailerons, even after the rudder went out. So I ran it until somebody said, hey, how fast will that thing go? <laughs> <laughs> I blew the prop out on it, too. Same deal. Always the question. Yeah. The grub screw gave out on it, and uh, I did the same fix for it. So next time we should be should be ready, but I think next year we'll have some more interesting things to put in the water. Nice. Yep. Steve Hodge's son, Nathan, won a really neat little uh, submersible. It's it's done up kind of like a steampunk-looking thing, but um, it's just cool. It's called Sea Wolf, and, I mean, it dives. It goes underwater. It's got lights in it. You can put cameras in it. Uh, it's really, really neat. Probably, I don't know, $1,000, $1,200 sub, and mm. uh, he won it in the raffle. But there was a lot of neat uh, boats there, both submarines and topwater boats. And uh, met some of the nicest people from all over the country, from out in Arkansas, Florida, um, Long Island. Uh, uh, Ed up in Long Island, I mean, he's just like, he's the perfect guy to be in RC subs because he, he was a submariner in the Navy. And um, he actually modeled this, one of the subs he was on. And uh, it was just a, a really good time just getting to know these people. It was one of the best RC events I've ever been to. Mm. And we had everything. We had, you know, I had my little one-six scale Jeep out running it. I had Spanky running around everywhere in the little VW micro van. And I was actually riding the little kids. They'd sit in it and he'd sit in their lap and, ride them all around the water and stuff. That was, uh, that was the highlight probably. We had the uh, little blade helicopter. Yeah, that was me. Nice. The little night blade. Yeah. I got in out and was chasing the subs around the, awesome. the water. Um, it's pretty neat flying over water like that. When you get down real close to it and it starts rippling the water, it kind of, I don't know, it kind of messes with it. It wants to, start oscillating when you get real close to the water. Hmm. Yeah, George, I think I happen to be just like logging into YouTube or Facebook or something. And I saw that very first live feed he was doing as you were pulling away with that big giant sub. That was pretty, (laughs) pretty cool, man. Really cool. Then I saw a bunch of pictures of, of your other boat there and just the whole event looked like a really good time. Really great location man oh the venue is unbelievable the people the staff that ran it couldn't have been more helpful they stayed there um they had a concession stand uh, set up you know where they usually feed all the swimmers that are there during the summer but they had breakfast lunch and um drinks all through the day so it was that was really nice we i pulled the rv back behind there they've got a nice little area back there used one of their gazebos to put all my helicopters under because I had to unload them out of the van. I mean, the RV, I was in the bomber RV, of course. Right. That, uh, that brought mm-hmm. a lot of attention over the last couple of weeks. Mm. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, how deep is the water? The deepest point, I think, is about 12 feet deep. But wow. most of the concreted area is, is only about six feet. Okay. But... Where the water actually comes up out of the spring, mm-hmm. it's still just um, 
you know, rock and loose gravel. But uh, it, it's really neat. I mean, over uh, two million gallons a day come out of it. Wow. And just as oh. clear as it can be. Yeah, the dogs loved it. They they jumped in it, and Spanky don't care much about it. He he'd go there once in a while and get him a drink of it. That, mm-hmm. That's how good it is. He he won't hardly drink anything but bottled water, but mm-hmm. uh, he drank that. I love the Nautilus too, man. That was one of my favorite movies when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. It, listen, the pictures and the video just don't do it justice. Steve's done such an excellent job on it. He got. Uh, best engineered sub there so the leds and stuff that go along the bottom of it that shine uh, down in the water right are just unbelievable you saw a few pictures and stuff but the the rust treatment he did on that thing to make it look like it had barnacles and rust on it is just when you see it in person it's just breathtaking it looks real nice you look in those eyes and, you know, there's that wheel, that the wheelhouse is in there. And you just expect old Captain Nemo to look out there and say, what are you looking at? Yeah. But uh, really neat. And it performed fantastic. It did everything just exactly like it was was supposed to. And Steve's only been doing subs for less than a year. And that's unheard of. Some of these guys have been doing it for 20, 30 years. And they have a time mm-hmm. getting them to, you know, go down and come up evenly. Right. Yeah, some amazing pictures, some gorgeous stuff, man. We had a ball. The venue is just stunning. I mean, I can't explain to you how well kept that place is and nice big campfire back in the back. They they took care of all all we had to do was just sit there and enjoy the fire. Really nice. Awesome. I, that's that's the longest I've been away from Tammy since we've been together. We've been married for thirty seven years. And she came down and stayed with me Friday and Saturday, and we came home Sunday. And we, we just had a great time. Um, Daryl, of course, Sprayberry was there, and and um, one of his lady friends. And uh, we had a really good time. It was a culture shock coming back to work yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet. But, dude, on your Tired Iron Facebook page, Steve Hodges posted a couple of pictures that are uh, about 17 pictures, 20 pictures that are really cool, man. Got a lot of different things. He's got a nice picture of the, uh, the bomber, uh, there in the distance and the RC sub guy holding something, man, something small like the sea wolf or whatever you were talking about. Some really good pictures, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. That's it. That, that little silver looking sub. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Nathan won. Nice. Got a picture yeah. of your boat. And uh, some good pictures, man. And yep. Spanky in the in the uh, VW bus. <laughs> yeah, he's such a ham. <laughs> I don't know where he gets it from. Uh, yeah. Huh. Then when I got home, of course, you know, it was a nightmare of stuff to unpack. I acquired uh, a couple of more projects. You know, my big H34 that really got me into the big helicopter is the one that I bought from Daryl last year down at your event, Andy. Yeah. I got another fuselage and, um, you know, landing gear and all that stuff for another one of those. And then I I did some wheeling and dealing around and got a nice uh, Vario EC-145. Hmm. And 
then I didn't even make it home with it. I traded it to Daryl and some persuasion moolah and uh, <laughs> got one of his gigantic, I mean, freaking gigantic UH-1Ds, the big Huey. Mm-hmm. And um, I measured it. I measured it was seven from the nose to the end of the tail. The fuselage is seven feet, six inches long. Oh, man. And wow. uses, um, I think he said, 1,100 millimeter blades on it. Mm-hmm. Damn. Wow. Yeah. The head is just like almost as big as your fist. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, he's, it's got his own custom uh, mechanics and stuff in it, which is really cool. You've got all that room in the middle. You basically can't see any of the mechanics. It's all hid. It's all up in the top and then back behind the, uh, um, you know, personnel compartment. Mm-hmm. So. All right. That'll be a long-term project. It's going to take, uh, you know, a lot of work. But the fuselage is really nice. The detail is just unbelievable on it. And, uh, of course, I'm, it's going to help with the, the other ones he's building because I'm, you know, making the 3D printed parts for it. I've got all the weaponry and then, of course, making all the little detail pieces to put on it. And I'm going to start using that new ASA filament that it's just unbelievable. Steve printed out, Steve Hodges printed out um, about half of a submarine and it was black uh, ASA filament. And he took it down there to the helicopter event and he laid it out beside the bomber RV all day long on a table in that hot Georgia sun. And it never even, never even acted like it was even close to being soft. Wow. And I say it, and mm. I say it black. It, it's so much better than ABS. It's just, um, it's just phenomenal. The finish on it and everything just looks fantastic. So that's what yeah. I'm going to start doing all my, um, accessory parts, you know, things that we actually make to use on helicopters and boats and whatever. Yeah brand he was using mark to get some i can get that and post it but uh it looked even the packaging you know and and i know people say well you can't really tell yes you can if you you know if the roll looks all wrinkled up and kinked and carried on i'm not even gonna think about buying it when you go through a whole roll at a time or two rolls at a time and you you've got uh, filament that's kinking up it's a nightmare oh yeah but, um, yeah, at the packaging and everything. But I'll, I'll get that for our, our uh, links page. Now, ASA, that's a little closer to ABS, right, than anything else? Yes, but 100 times better. Easier to print, I guess? Uh, you still have to jack the heat up pretty good. But, I mean, I'm, on one of my printers, I'm, I'm printing just regular PLA at 220. Uh, on the yeah. The way I understand it, I've not used it, Kevin, but when I was researching different filaments and stuff when I was getting started, the way I understand it, it is it has a lot of the properties of ABS, but it's much easier to print in that it doesn't warp as bad. 
you know, how ABS can warp and pull off the bed and do all kinds of crazy stuff, shrink really bad. Right. Um, so it has the high temperature resistance of ABS. That's why you got to print it at a higher temp. But supposedly it's more stable, more um, dimensionally stable, so it doesn't warp and stuff as bad. So it's the way they towed it is the properties of ABS, but prints more like PLA. Okay. Yeah, he, he had three. sub was about three sections. Um, so it was about seven hundred millimeters of a piece, you know, that was glued together, and he laid that out there, just laid it right on top of a a little table I had out there, and I mean it laid out there all day long. I'd go by her once in a while, pick it up and look at it, squeeze it a little bit. Never did change the way it looked, felt, or anything. It probably got soft if it was PLA. Mm-hmm. I've had some pretty good luck with PLA Plus. Uh, I printed out something just as a test for the back of my Jeep. The little, the little clasp on the that holds the, the shelf up. And I printed that out of PLA Plus. I printed it in black specifically because I wanted to see if I could leave it in a car or jeep or and in the summertime and yeah. see what would happen to it and it really has yeah it's holding up pretty good i think i got to take it off because it's, it's starting to wiggle around a little more and i think that's because the foam that's in there is starting to like just shrink and whatever i've like foam taking up the space and i want to drill it out for a four mil bolt instead of a three mil that i have mm-hmm. but i got yeah i got to pull that apart and just like now take a look at it see what what the effects of you know summer was for it. I print almost uh, exclusively with the PLA plus. Love that I, stuff. I tell you what though, if you use if you use the good primer like I'm saying, I primed that um, PBR boat, all that canopy and all that stuff. Those little thin rods that hold it up, all that's just plain PLA, but it's primered with the good polyurethane two part primer, and it set out there in the sun. The whole time I was there, never phased it. It's dark green. So, you know, I think the primer is going to be the key to it. Just really sealing it. It just encapsulates that PLA. It sinks in there. And once that primer activates, you can just feel the difference in it. Where you could flex it and hear it pop and crackle and stuff. That submarine, it wouldn't have lasted five minutes if I hadn't used it on it because it doesn't have any infill except from the very last section where the motor is. Oh, wow. Oh. And wall thickness is 1.2. So it's got okay. an outer, outer skin and an inner skin. And every once in a while, it's got like a little spar, you know, where the bayonet lugs lock together. But, uh, hmm. yeah, that primer really... And that's just one good heavy coat of that primer on the sub. I was pressed for time, you know, to get it done. 21 days is what it took me to build it. Nice. And most of all that was printing time. But that was my adventure for two weeks. <laughs> it was really nice to get away from everything. News. I didn't watch any news. I didn't watch. Uh-huh. I didn't pay that much attention to social media. Um. Just had a good time and relaxed. Cool. That's good. Hmm. That's great to hear, George. Yeah. I recommend it for everyone. 
Shall we catch up with Rich a little or get to know Rich first, I guess? And then yeah, sure. dive onto the main topic here. Yeah, sure. So what do you guys want to know? All right. So we're going to kind of get to know you first and then we'll kind of get into the podcasting specific stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so where are you located? Where are you from? I'm in Fayetteville, North Carolina. You know, just south about, about an hour south of Raleigh on 95 or just off 95. So we're really central to the whole North Carolina, mm-hmm. you know, Virginia crowd. It's awesome. Cool. Uh, how long have you been in the hobby? <sighs> oh, man. Um, started up the first time in the early 90s. And competed at Nats for a couple of years. And um, then when my kids got a little older um, and, you know, my wife wanted help and stuff with the kids, that kind of thing. But I got out of the hobby for about 15 years. And uh, we raced sailboats all over the southeast, uh, catamarans. And, um, yeah, that was was a good time. And uh, then when the girls got too old for me, um, needed something to do. And... uh, my brother visited with a little mall heli, coaxial mall heli, and he was flying it around the living room at my dad's house. And he's like, well, you think you can fly this thing? And I was like, hmm, <laughs> yeah, probably. And I landed it in the palm of his hand after not, you know, picking up a transmitter forever. And yeah. that's it. And, and I was like, dude, that's not even a helicopter. He goes, well, yeah, it is. I was like, no, it isn't. I yeah. said, on a real helicopter, you don't have to, you know, point it in the direction you want to go. Right. And, uh. So went to a hobby shop. My brother was from Alaska and, uh, stuff's a little expensive to get up there. So we went over to our local hobby shop here to get him some tires and stuff for an RC car. And they had a CPX sitting on the shelf and uh, our nano CPX. I looked at it and said, damn, that's only a hundred bucks. That's collected pitch. Then it was over. Um, (laughs) went home, flew it in the kitchen, bounced it off the cupboards and, you know, broke some stuff and, (laughs) you um, oh man, squirrely. Oh, there it was squirrely, oh, yes. and this it, but it felt more like flying a real helicopter than that little, yeah. you know, coaxial thing. And, um, man, it just it just went from there. It was, you know, I picked up a full, I let's see, the first real helicopter I bought after that was a uh T Rex 600 Nitro, the original. Nice, and um, I love that thing, and I flew that for the first, oh, I don't know, year I got back into it, I guess. And, um, then it was, you know, I, I picked up, what's the first electric I picked up? Oh, it was a blade 550 X right oh, nice. when they started making those things. Yeah, the and, pro um, series. the what? It's the pro series. Yeah. The pro series. They had the 600, the 700 and it was right after they started, they, they, they launched it and I picked one up, built that, started flying it. And, um, then I picked up a 600, and I had several of them. I had enough to build you know, enough parts and stuff where I probably built four or five of them. And I flew that for a couple of years. And, of course, they quit making it a year after they, they made it, you know, or after they produced it. And they dropped that whole line of helicopters. And um, I did like that thing, though. I mean, I flew it Me a too. bunch. I love my um, 550X, yeah. Yeah. I just had the main gear sucked, but everything else on it was awesome. And uh, at least I thought it was. And uh, when they went out, I still flew it. I just had collected a bunch of parts and kept it around and flew it for a while. And um, then a couple of years ago, I was at Joe Nall looking for another a replacement for that because it was hard, trying to hard to get. It was starting too hard to get parts. We'll get that out. And um, that was when I got into the synergy stuff. Saw an E5 and um, 
saw how it could be anything you really wanted. It could be a 700. It could be a 600. It could be low head speed. It could be high speed, high head speed, whatever you wanted to do. And I was like, all right, that's my next 550. And, uh, I'm still flying those helicopters now. I mean, I've still got the three of them. So, um, as long as they're keep, as long as I can get parts, I'll keep flying them. Um, but that was, that was me getting back into the hobby and the flying. And, uh, you know, I mean, the early nineties was a whole different world, you know, um, all nitro. I was back then I was flying Excel sixties and a matter of fact, I've got an Excel 40 hanging on my, on my wall right above my head right now. Yeah. Um, with one of the old, you know, spin up gyros and, um, jeez. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sitting here. It ain't going to, it's probably never going to fly again, but it's, you should get it flying just for nostalgia. Yeah. It's got wood still, blades and stuff on it. Still a lover. You don't have to do, go crazy. Yeah. I might one of these days. It, it, I'd be afraid to take that motor apart. It'd probably just disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not. But maybe not. It's been sitting for like, what, 30 years? It was in my attic for a I, long time. I tell you what, take it out of the heli and like throw it in a bucket of Marvel Mystery Oil and just let it sit there for a couple of weeks. Mm. I'd be surprised. Yeah. That might be, I don't know, maybe I will one of these days. Then of course all the plastic and stuff will fall apart. And, well, yeah. <laughs> if it doesn't work know. after a couple of weeks, it was a mystery. <laughs> <laughs> it does make a good shelf queen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing else. I had to take it out, and put it at a table at a fun fly, and just let people look at it. Hang it yeah. in your trunk. That's, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I mean, I did. With competing at Nats and stuff, that was, you know, it was all, dude, this is just for you, see, it was all hovering back then. Oh. All the sportsman class was all hovering. Um, there but was, hover. There was nothing seven. but hover, man. But now <laughs> you were hovering. It was very different. Back, back then we did had four cones. Okay. And, and so we flew between four cones, and you were doing, you know, oh, lots of pirouetting stuff, all precision pirouetting and stuff. Even in the sportsman class, you had some pirouetting. Nice. Um, yeah, it was, it was a good time and, um, you know, I loved it, but it was just, you know, things change, you know, yeah, yeah sure. And had, how hobbies change. It's funny how you come back to the ones you really like though, you know, and the ones where we got the best people, although sailing was a lot of good people too. I think most hobbies are that way. Yeah. You know, you get a good group of people and they're all, you know, yeah, yeah. let's see, what else did you need to know about me? Um, well, I mean, a lot of people have heard these stories before just because of our podcast, you know, right. Um, so but, do, you, do you just fly helis now? I mean, do you kind of, I've got some planes. I got a couple, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just a heli guy. Um, okay. every time I fly planes, I just, you know, they, they just bore me yeah. and I know they don't have to, I, I get, Sound like they, they do. I just get bored with them. I mean, I'll fly them for a while and like, I've got a QQ 300. love that little plane, but yeah. I get, I even get bored with it and it's not because it doesn't increase your skills or anything as they do if that's your thing but um for me i just like the complexity of the helicopter the building for me building's yeah. a big deal you know i enjoy the building i enjoy the computer aspect i'm an it guy yeah. and so the programming of it and the playing with it and the learning different stuff i just that just gets me i know i can get that in planes but not the same way um yeah. i don't know the whole thing of it, it amazes me every time a helicopter takes off. You know, I mean, the, when you look at how 
you know, everything that has to move and come together. And that was what, you know, I used to race RC cars back before I got into helicopters. And the way I got into helicopters was my local hobby shop, um, was I walked in there one day to buy, buy a charger actually. And he takes a helicopter out from behind the, the counter and sets it on the counter and goes, Rich, you got to take a look at this. And I looked at it and just went, what the hell? That thing flies. And he went out in the back behind the shop and he flew it around a little bit and I was hooked. Had to have one. Mm-hmm. And so I bought a Concept 30, a Kyosho Concept 30. And you hear about, you know, guys that have been in it for a while starting with that helicopter. That thing yeah. was the biggest pile of <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we had foam blades. If you, uh, uh-huh. if you landed a little bit too hard or, you know, anything, I mean, the blades would flex and take the tail boom off. Oh, and, um, but moving from um let's see moving from hovering into forward flight with that helicopter took me what about a year and it was literally go out on saturday turn the thing sideways crash order parts on monday from tower get the parts in mm-hmm. put it back together go out saturday morning if you got the parts that fast um put it back together go out and fly saturday till you crash turn around do the same thing the next week and Basically did that for a year. And um, then uh, I ended up taking a helicopter, going to helicopter school for a week. And um, he got me into forward flight. And, uh, man, I'm trying to remember what his name was now. Um, Oh, man. Wasn't Todd Bennett, was it? No, it wasn't Bennett. It was before Bennett. Oh, man. What the heck was his name? He did the model helicopters for the Towering Inferno, I think. Um, he had a school down in Florida, and you'd go down for a week and eat, drink, sleep model helicopters. And um, I couldn't afford to go down to his school. And uh, it turned out I was a photographer on a newspaper in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And um, I had heard – or actually, I went to the hobby shop, same hobby shop, and – he asked me, he said, if I could get a guy up here that would, um, you know, teach a class for a week, would you be interested? Mm. And depend, I said, yeah, depending on the cost, I'd love it. It'd be awesome. Yeah. And so when you went down to this guy's school, you know, during the day, you flew all day. You flew his helicopters. He flew Excel 30s and 40s. Um, you flew his helicopters. Then you would, at night, learn how to set them up and talk helicopters and, you know, that whole thing in the evening after dinner. So what he did was. He got five of us um, to, to take the class. It cost 500 bucks, and we got the eight hours during the day. You know what I mean? So we got the day portion of that. So he'd show up because what he did was he was visiting his daughter who lived in, in, in um, Seabrook, which is just outside of Portsmouth, New Hampshire. And while he was visiting, he taught the class during the week. And so it was really cool. And he got us into forward, got me into forward flight, and the way he did it, I don't think we would do it that way now, but he was on a buddy box and these were like, like I said, Excel thirties and forties. And you would stand in the middle of a circle and you'd turn the helicopter sideways and you'd fly around yourself. So you were flying the helicopter around you on a buddy box and, um, you'd get a little wacky and he'd take it away just like we do with buddy box. Now, you know, it was wired, but, um, by the end of the week I was flying around myself. I was flying figure eights and, uh, in, in both directions. And, um, that was pretty cool. That was a major, a major thing for me as far as the hobby goes. And cause I was about ready to give up, you know I mean? It was like this, 
you're crashing all the time and it gets expensive. And even though the Concept 30 wasn't a really expensive helicopter to fix, you know, at that time in my life, it was a lot of money to fix. And um, that if I still believe in taking those classes, if you have an opportunity to get with get with somebody who knows more than you do and you can spend a significant amount of time with them. Right. Um, you know, I did the uh, line class last year and loved it, had a blast, learned a lot. And, um, there's something about, you know, flying with Ben Stork on your shoulder, hmm. um, that, you know, kind of takes it to a different level. It's a lot of fun, but that class, um, you know, really moved me forward. And it was after that, that I started deciding I wanted to try to compete and stuff. So, um, that was a lot of fun and it was still brings back great memories when I think about it today. That's uh, awesome, man. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I wish I could remember his name. Did he yell at you a lot? No, man. Oh, not not Bennett. He was not Todd Bennett. Different different technique. <laughs> different technique. He would stand over your shoulder, but I mean he would take it away and he'd be like, dude, what are you doing? You know, and he didn't say dude though. I don't remember what exactly what he was saying, but he would just he'd walk you through it, you know? He'd be like, bring it around, bring it around, bring it around. And um you'd get it there sideways, then you'd start moving it. He'd be like, Keep it away from us, keep it away from us. Use right stick, use the little right stick, little right stick, you know, and he he would just or he, and he used the words aileron, I remember. Um Okay. And he'd be like, right here, Ron, all right, Aaron, Aaron. And he would just, he would keep walking you through it because the goal was to keep it the same distance away from you and walk it in that circle, right? So you're constantly turning, but you're going really slow. You're not doing a hurricane, right? You're just literally kind of hovering it in a circle. And then he'd have you flip it around and go back the other direction. And uh, you'd fly a tank, put it down. He'd grab the next guy. And th- we did that all day long, all week long. And um, take a lunch break and we'd talk about helis and, the last day we got to bring our helis and he helped us set our helicopters up. And, uh, you know, so you left there with a flying helicopter and a little bit of, uh, experience. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. That sounds cool. Yeah. I, I can't, I can't remember. I can't believe his name. Remember his name. I'll think of it, but, um, he was involved in the movie industry for a while. I just, I can't remember his name. Sorry I about that guys. I shouldn't. So we hang up tonight. I know. <laughs> yeah, as soon as I lay on hell, I go, oh, crap, that's who that was. Mm-hmm. Um, I bet I could probably find it. But uh, that's how I got started, you know. And then, you know, like I said, flew for the next couple of years and uh, ended up going to Nats and competing there for a few years. You know, and that's when, you know, Youngblood was the big name and watching him fly was, you know, Back then to us, if you could fly backwards, switchless, inverted, or anything like that, it was like, oh, my God. Backwards was just about impossible for the normal guy because we didn't have heading hole gyros back then, right? Right. So keeping the tail backwards, it was was difficult. And then oh, said switchless, inverted. Most guys probably don't even know what that means. Um, radio, our radios. Uh, yeah. Oh, what? Yeah, the radios yeah. back then had an invert switch. So you could flip the helicopter over, flip the switch, and it would make most of the curls all, this, all the same. So really anybody could fly around inverted if you get used to looking at it upside down. And then you could you'd flip it back over and flip the switch back. But if you were flying switchless inverted, that's what we do today, right? Mm-hmm. You just flip it over and you learn to fly in, you know, with everything backwards. Um, but it was, the, you know, the helicopters weren't where they are, you know, today, obviously. The flight controllers just made all the difference. But and. Yep. Tail, I mean, uh, heading hold gyros. When I got back into flying again, because we didn't have them when I stopped flying. When I got back in, it was weird um, to fly with a with a tail or with a heading hold gyro. I kept putting right. it in rate mode because you get 
in your mind, you're the, when you have it in rate mode, the tail will follow the helicopter as long as you're moving forward. And it felt weird for me to have to drive the tail around the corner. You know what I mean? So, you know, we actually steer the tail around a corner and turn it. If you don't, it'll just keep staying the direction, same, stay in the same direction, right? Well, when you're in rate mode, try flying around in rate mode sometime if you've never tried it. The tail will follow the helicopter. It's like how do guys, when they talk about doing autos and they, they without a driven tail, you know, guys like, well, how would you freaking do an auto if your tail's not spinning? Well, it just follows the helicopter because it's, yeah, if you got forward speed, it's going to stay behind the helicopter. You can do an auto without a driven tail. Now, you're not going to do a paraflipping auto or right, a, right. you know, you're not going to do a turn at the bottom of the auto, but doing autos, we did autos um, and we didn't have driven tails. So they were just coming, becoming popular when I got back out of it. They were coming up with ways to drive the tail. So uh, it's amazing where helicopters have come, you know, from uh, since the early 90s to where they are now. It's just incredible. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and I'm, I'm 100% you know, people ask those questions like, well, what do you think? Would you go back to a fly bar? Or don't you feel nostalgic? Hell no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like, I mean, Pudo, good, good, but you guys know Pudo, a guy that I fly with all the time. He, um, he started showing up field. He had a, had a fly bar heli. He flew all the time, a 600. And I was like, dude, get that fly bar off of there. It's it, just get it off of there. He's <laughs> like, oh, I like. And I was like, eventually he saw the light, and he doesn't have any fly right. bar helicopters anymore, right? But it's it's not that there's anything wrong with him. You want to fly nostalgic? That's fine. But I'm sorry, they're it's just like way better without them. For two, but not your primary. No, it's. Yeah. I think they're they're fun if that's what you want to do. For me, I have no urge to go back to anything that has a fly bar. Yeah. But I like the technical aspect of fly barless. It's when I got back in that really excited me, you know, yeah. and it does to this. I mean, it does now. Um, you know, it's why I've got three different types of gyros in my helicopters, although most of them I do fly the brain. Um, and we can get into that if you'd like. But uh, that's, you know, that's where I came from. And um, it's I've been doing it for, you know, off and on for a long time. So. Um, and I've only had two real hobbies other than that. I mean, I, I shot archery in college and competed at, at the Olympic trials in 84. But, um, you know, when I got into helicopters and then got into sailing and then back into helicopters again. So, um, I don't have any other hobbies other than, you know, I'm raising my grandson with my wife and, you know, that's a whole nother hobby into itself kind of thing. And, uh, he's getting into the hobby, which is really awesome. awesome. Oh, that's cool. Oh, dude. It's, I, I, I bought him a two thirty. Um, and I'm just waiting for him to get to the point where he's hovering on the sim well enough that I can take it out of the, from underneath the table and say, look what I got. Yeah. Told you if you could learn to hover, you got, we got something for you. Every time we go, you know, he's flying airplanes right now and he's, he's landing and taking off by himself and, um, and flying around and staying in pretty good control. But, uh, and he flies quads a little bit. He started flying a quad when he was six and he just doesn't get, get the idea of the tail yet. Um, mm-hmm. But he'll sit down and play on the sim for hours. I love it. I just love the hell out of it. Um, okay. cool. You know, hopefully he sticks with it and can, you know, he, we go to the field, he'll fly his airplane. And a couple of, well, this is probably a month ago now, maybe a month and a half ago, I had my Diablo sitting on the bench and he goes, like, Grandpa, I want to fly your helicopter. And I'm like, yeah, not that one. <laughs> 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 I said, maybe one of these days it'll be yours, but not that one right now. Um, but yeah, it's awesome. Nice. So that kind of brings us up to today, I think. 
So what do you do for a living if you don't? I know you said about IT, right, or tech? Yeah, I'm a pre-press systems manager at a newspaper. Um, I've always worked at newspapers since I was uh, 16, 17. I started when I was 17 years old as a photographer. I sh- did photography and had a wedding business for 20 years and did news photography um, for 15 years and then moved into pre-press. I got tired of my pictures looking like crap in the newspaper and well, along with moving into pre-press, I was also involved with that whole digital switch, you know, from film to digital. Right, right. And started learning the computer stuff around that. And one thing led to another, and I ended up um, in IT. I basically take care of everything at the newspaper that has anything to do with color. Um, and he drives any of the plate setters, pre-press equipment. And now, to be honest with you, things have changed so much since we got purchased by Gannett that um, I do a lot of everything. You know, a lot of, I do some desktop support. I do all the pre-press stuff at the paper still, um, because we are a printing plant. We print, uh, nine dailies at our, at our plant in Fayetteville. They still uh, print newspapers? Yeah. Let's not go there right now. But yeah, <laughs> they do. Sore, sore subject, I bet. I, no, you know what? It's not a sore subject. It's, it's just part of our changing world, right? Um, you? but it is, I tell you, if you're not, you know, it's funny. I tell you this, my dad starts every conversation. He's 75. And he starts every conversation was, you know what I saw in the paper? Now I'm one generation back and I never say that. Right. Right. So it just tells you the print is dead. It's, it's, there's no doubt about it. It's dead. We were at 78,000 daily when I came here 25 years ago and we're at 13,000 now. Um, it's just, it's, I, it's dying. It is just, you know what I've seen on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or whatever. Is that what? I'm sorry. I said now. Now everybody's saying, "Hey, did you see what I saw on Twitter?" Yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. Facebook well, and all that. Yeah, it's it's changing, and we don't know where it's going. Right, newspapers are losing money, fist you know, hand over fist. We're laying off. You know, we used to have four hundred employees. I'd be surprised if we have a hundred now. Uh, maybe one hundred and twenty-five, something like that, would be my guess. Um, our newsroom. We don't have a newsroom here any longer. We have a, a, a we have an editor and some some reporters that cover local news, but basically it's all about news aggregation. All of our pages are built in Texas. Um, we our reporters, write the stories here, take pictures here. All that stuff goes to Texas. The pages get built in Texas and they get sent back to us wow. as PDFs to print. Wow. Um, and the whole newsroom is that way. All of, all of the papers and I shouldn't say all of them, all of the papers owned by Gannett in the Southeast here, are put into groups. So like we're in a group, I believe it's um, nine papers. I think it might be six that all of the editors and stuff edit all those stories. There's a group of editors that edit stories from all of those papers. There's not like it used to be every paper had its own editors and its own stories and everything was protected and nobody saw anything. And it's not that way anymore. They share stories. It's all about new news aggregation. And that's really where it's going. Um, You're going to see like when you're reading stories on Facebook, Right now, we still have a Facebook presence. So if you were to subscribe to our Facebook stuff or you were to join our Facebook stuff, you would see our news feed all the time, right? But it's going to go to the point where you're not going to know where it's coming from. It's getting there now. You know, it may be an observer story, but it may have come from, you know, Joe Blow in Texas or something. So yeah. you don't know. And that's where false news is coming in. You don't know if it's yeah, true. That's, that's a dangerous thing, too. Yeah. It is. You don't I know think- the sources. Yeah, the biggest danger I see, to be honest with you, with the dying of community newspapers is the the lack of oversight. Um, we don't go very often to um, any of the town meetings. 
We used to be at every town meeting. That's how you found out, you right. know, the cop got busted, you know, for drunk driving and how, you know, the city was, you know, whatever. They were going to spend $14 million on a, you know, a, a plant to do waste and they only needed to spend $3 million. Where'd their some money go? And that, all that, all that oversight that newspapers did from the communities sure. is going away. And then what's going to happen, you know? So, yeah, I've got a few thoughts about it, but. <laughs> we can get back to RC, um, but that's so, where I'm at. I work at a newspaper. That's my full time job. Next fun fly you see Rich at, ask him about newspapers. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have a good conversation. <laughs> I have seen it go from the top to the. I mean, from right in the heyday where newspapers were super important and photography was a super specialty where you had to know what you were doing. To every Joe Blow thinks they're a photographer, and anybody can write a story. And there's good and bad to both of those things, right? So um, it's just a changing world. And I've been, it's been an exciting career to watch it. Um, and if I can get 10 more years out of it, I'll be a happy camper. Nice. But I think I'm uh, only going to get about three. Because <laughs> <laughs> I will be really surprised if we're still printing a paper in three years. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really falling off that fast. But, yeah, so I'm a pre-pressed guy, IT guy. Uh, let's see. Do you have sponsors? No. Uh, um, not that I wouldn't, but, um, there's only a couple of things that I believe so strongly in that, um, you know, a sponsor would be something I'd look at. Um, so no, um, my charging stuff would be one and my, my radio would be one, but you know, I like flying whatever I want to find. I know, you know, with, with the hobby shop stuff, you guys get to do that. Um, but I just never, it's never been important to me. Plus you got to be able to fly good. And yeah, I'm not there either. So oh, um, win competitions. Yeah, but I got to get there. So I haven't won anything. I didn't even get to enter this year because of my eyes and coat and COVID. So, yeah, yeah. um, hopefully that's going to get better. And with, if COVID goes away, I'll be at Nats next year. Nice. So I hope I mean, if my eyes, if my eyes can get better. Otherwise I think scale may be something, George, <laughs> Uh, like, oh, that it's might be an option. enough that you can see it. Yeah. I can see it, and I don't have to fly real far away. And yeah. I was <clears throat> trying to get an eye on it or trying to maybe think about it. I want to, you know, the, I'm not getting out of the hobby no matter what. So I got to figure right. it out. Yeah, you got to evolve just like your hobby. Oh, yeah. So, uh, so do you sim? All the time. Every okay. Friday night. Nice. For about three hours. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I sim quite a bit, actually. That's um, good. I enjoy it. It's, it's kind of a relaxing thing in the evening. So if I'm not working on a model or doing something, I'll grab the sim for 15, 20 minutes or whatever and just chill. Um, with the COVID thing, I've even done it. You know, somebody pissed me off or something. And I'll be like, I, you know, and I know, Steve, you, you can understand this, you know, dealing with end users. It's like, you know, you say, oh, you can make a shortcut here. I don't know. Well, you make a shortcut. Dude, get out the sim. It's just, <laughs> you know, get off the call, get out the sim for five minutes, chill back out and then call the next guy. So, uh, yeah, I sim quite a bit. Well, what uh, is your sim of choice? Man, I like Real Flight 7.5. Nice. I keep going back to it. Now, since we started, you know, getting on, and I've played with most of them. I've got Next. Um, I've I've got AccuRC, obviously. Uh, what was the one they were giving away for a little while there? Was That that was Next, too. Um, I just seem to always go back to Real Flight 7.5. I've tried. I had 8, sold it. Um, didn't buy nine, didn't bother. Um, I thought I would like the 3d stuff, but I just haven't gotten into it. So I just, 
I don't know, I just keep going back to seven five. So when I fly when I'm at home by myself, I'm on real flight. Austin's flying real flight, although when he saw us simming on Friday nights on Accu, yeah. he saw that it had cars. And Ooh, okay. dude, he's been using he's been doing the RC car stuff. Have you guys done the RC car stuff on Accu? Uh, I, I tried it. I tried it a yeah, few it's, times. It's very loud. It's, a, it's, it's loud. loud. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys see him when he was a couple of weeks ago when he was on there doing the RC car? I think so. Session? Yeah. Did you guys hear it really loud? I don't. No. I don't no. think so. No. He was uh, buzzing around this. So now every like he wanted to do it this week. He's like, let me get the RC car back out. I was like, no, all you're doing is run over people's helis. Uh-huh. And I said, we're helicopter guys here. But um, if you if you load the racetrack that's on there. Um, the RC car track and you fly a helicopter on it or a drone, you can fly under it. So you get underneath the trees and stuff. Yeah. It's bizarre. Um, It's, it's got, it's a really small world so you can fly to the edge of it. Yeah. Take a look and see. It's kind of cool. Austin was playing with that the other night. Like that. Yeah. Yeah, Several, I think, but that's, it's pretty cool when you look at it that way. Nice. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's my yes. I do sim, and seven five is where I like to be. Awesome. Right, let's start talking about what you got, what you fly. So what's in your fleet? Oh man, let me look at my wall. Um, I've got a Goblin five seventy there. I've got it. It's my token helicopter. <laughs> um, it hangs there, never flies. It's got about thirty flights on it. I keep saying I'm going to sell it, but I haven't. I've got. Three E5s, um, two of them, well, one of them's in parts. One of them is stretched to a 606 and is set up as a Nightbird. Okay. And then I've got my 550, and that's my favorite probably helicopter. I fly it more than any other helicopter. I haven't this year because I've been trying something else, but that's probably my favorite helicopter. Um, I've got a N7 Gasser, which is probably my second favorite helicopter. Nice. Um, I've got... A Protos. I actually have two Protoses, um, 700s. I've got an N5C for Nitro that I really like. Um, and I've got two Diablo 700s that I really like. And uh, those are the two machines I've got set up for doing um, F3C or, you know, competition stuff. And you know, I'm not doing F3C. I'm doing the Sportsman, you know, AMA class. But um, they're set up with uh, CGY 750s. Um, everything else I've got has a brain on it. Um, I have recently been playing and I'm going to say it, but I've been recently playing with that new spectrum. Um, oh crap. I don't remember the number, the new spectrum flight controller. Um, uh, one of the guys brought one out to the field and I've got a, I got a feeling that's going to become the new 7200 because all these guys that are starting out, it's going to be their machines and their, um, it's 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 not inexpensive. It's a two hundred dollar controller, but the hobby shops got them in stock, so they're pushing them. You know what I mean? Because that's what they can get. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I felt pretty. In- I, I'm sorry. What? What do you think of it? How's it work? Um, I've so far put it on. Or a guy showed up at the field with one with a an old T Rex five hundred, and we had to go through all the mechanical stuff of that. So we had some issues with that. But anyway, the controller itself. It's fine. I don't have enough experience flying it yet or tuning it to make a real educated thing. Here's, here's the deal is we put it in the helicopter. Once we got over a couple of small setup hurdles, because they call things like every controller does, they call things a little differently. 
Um, they have a set of default gains that's one set of gains for all size helicopters, hmm. which I, which kind of went, I was like, well, how does that work? Right. right. Um, because you know, all of us are used to every other control. You pick a 350 or a 450 or a four, you know, 700, whatever. It has a set of base gains that it uses. And this one, everything's set to 75 on its overall gains. You have access to the PIDs. What is cool is you, they have the forward programming set up with, all uh-huh. of the Spectrum Mode 2 radios, so the DX9, the DS6Es, the 8, everything that's the Mode 2, and the IX12 and the IX20, and all of them, is, they call it the forward programming. But basically, it's what we're used to with just integration, right? So yep. you can tune every perimeter. Matter of fact, you can only do it that way. You can't do it from a computer. Hmm. So you have to have one of those radios. I have, I did it, this, this guy that brought it to the field had, on, had it on an IX12. It was all right. Um, it was pretty intuitive. You could get through the menus okay. You could find what you were looking for. You know, you set that once you learn where a couple of the setup things are, it has all the usual stuff that where, you know, you can center your servos and, you know, it's got a setting for the tail. It's got a place for the tail, a place for the or cyclic, and a place for the collective. We put it out once, you know, you have to do all the usual stuff. You got to make sure your stuff is going all in the right direction, everything before you fly it. We got out there and the, with the base gains, the default gains, the helicopter flew fine. The cyclic was really mushy um, for that helicopter. And um, so we had to play around a little bit to get that back. But in a, as a first impression, I think it's fine. And I think we're going to end up, those of us that help other people a lot are going to end up with a bunch of experience with this controller. I really, I really believe it because it's, it's, I think it's going to end up on everything spectrum that's bigger than a, you know, a 250. Yeah, that makes sense. And so, you know, I think it's important that those of us that are helping with people, we get a handle on this one. So, um, because I I mean, it's just, it's one of those things you're going to be, they're going to be buying them at all the hobby shops. You know, we already, I already said that. Right. So available, right? So it's, it's because it's going to be the most available one until they get more advanced. Yeah. Right. Because they're not going to be, you know, getting on one of the sites and ordering a brain or ordering a V bar. They're going to go into their hobby shop. They're going to get a 350, and it's going to have this thing in it. Or they're going to show up at the hobby shop with a, a used 500 like this guy did, mm-hmm. and he bought the Avion Speed Controller, and he bought this flight controller because that's what they had at the hobby shop. Yeah. And um, he brought that thing. I was like, dude, should have talked to me first. I got you. <laughs> but it's the same. I didn't say that to him till later. Okay. Um, yeah, I was like, let's, let's figure it out. I said, I don't have any experience with it, but I'll, let's sit down with it, and we'll go through it, and we'll make it fly. And, um, I, I learned, I learned something really kind of funny. You guys have probably seen this helping other people too, but where I learned this guy used to fly and he's coming back to it from a fly bar and guys that have flown, um, with throttle curves Mm -hmm. don't understand governors. Yeah. They, I mean, this is the second guy I've done this with, you know, you set the governor up. And as soon as you come off, and I don't know how you guys do it. I always set up a safety on idle on normal. So I always have a zero on normal. It's just right. my old school way. A lot of guys I know don't guys with V bars don't do it. Yeah. Um, I always have a zero. So on his radio and I had a normal, I just said it was a linear curve. I said, just go right to idle up two, and idle up two is where you're, I mean, idle up one is where you'll fly. Right. And, or idle up two gives you more head speed. This is how it is. I explained all that stuff to him and why. And, he didn't understand as soon as that helicopter started to spin up and he couldn't throw the stick down when it was an idle up or is an idle up one, it freaked him out. Mm. 
You know, I mean, I shouldn't say freaked him out, but made him uncomfortable. Yeah, because you want to know how to kill it. You want to know how yeah, to kill and, a throttle. And, and he's not used to hitting throttle hold. Right, exactly. Right? And um, so he's, and all of us that have been doing it for a little while, it, it's second nature to us. You know, we start it spooling up, set there and idle up one, or in normal, however you're doing it, let it spin up, take off, fly. You know what I mean? And we don't land under power. These guys always landed under power. You know what I mean? They, they didn't hit throttle hold to land unless they were doing an auto. They would land and you know, shut it off because it was nitro. Um, something else that's changed in the way we did it. But this guy was, it, it kind of freaked him out for a little bit until we thoroughly understood. It. And then what I ended up doing was taking normal up to uh, 60% and then going straight across. So the governor would, you know, would kick in at 60% or whatever it was. That's what I'll, I do. I go, or maybe even go like zero and then go all the way up to. 60 or something and then go yep. straight across. Yeah. that's what I did for him. They panic and pull the stick all the way down. It's going to shut it. It'll shut, it, shut off. it off. Yep. Cause leaving a linear curve in there, you know what it does. I mean, it's just all over the place and it's too mushy right. and gets, and if they back off on it, it falls out of the sky before it catches up. Um, you know, that stuff. So, and because I never fly in normal, it's just there as a safety to walk out, hold my thumb on it. Cause it's just me. Um, Hadn't thought about it that way. And I've set up a bunch of helicopters for guys. It's just not, not come up with most, you know, just not come up that way. And I don't know, but, um, as far as the controller goes, I think it'll be, I think it'll be fine. I think we just have to learn it, you know? Yeah. Uh, and like I said, he's just flying around. He's just doing basic figure eights and I'm not, so he's not challenging it at all. And it flew. And that's usually when I set up a helicopter for somebody, I just take it to the point that it flies good for the way they fly at the time. That's good enough for that point at that point. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's uh let's pivot here and kind of start talking about some podcast questions, huh? <laughs> let's yeah. do. Yeah. Andy, you want to take this part on? Uh sure. All right, shoot. First off, if, in case anybody doesn't know or hasn't listened, what podcast are you a part of? I'm part of the Telerotor RC podcast, and I'm on there with Monty. Um, Shaggy, everybody knows Shaggy and Monty and Mike DiPaolo. Um, so we're, we're four guys that, um, you know, get together like you guys do, but we only do it once a month. I don't know how you guys do it every week. And, uh, of course we have Shaggy editing the show and it takes him a month to get it done. So <laughs> I said it, I said it. Um, That's how we that? can do it every week. We don't <laughs> have Shaggy <laughs> editing the show. I thought we were supposed to have a new episode this week, by the way. Um, this week is not over yet. And at this point I will admit it. It's not Shaggy's fault. I'm working on the intro, but I'm on a podcast right now. (laughs) We can still blame Shaggy, even if it's not his fault. Yeah, Yeah, we can blame him. He was, he was bugging me last night about it. And, uh, uh, you guys, this, this, this show is interesting. So, uh, we have, we had something go on in the middle of it that just changing the intro up a little bit. You guys will hear it in a day or two. Nice. Yeah. Well, since you joined this, uh, Folks don't know you joined Telerotor after it. They had already been going what a couple of years. Yeah, something? they were on episode twenty. I think I was on episode twenty three. Okay. Um. So I've been on it a year, and so yeah, they've been going about two years because they only do one a month. So how how did you get started, or what possessed you to to join up with those guys? Um. Well, I wanted to be on free fall, but you got the job. So right. too late. Know, <laughs> as as you lose. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, actually, what happened? 
I, I had been interested in podcasting for a while. I actually toyed with starting up a podcast, um, about RVing, believe it or not, um, with some guys at one point. And we did a few test episodes and these guys that I was dealing with were all in their sixties and seventies. And yeah, they're more unreliable than 20 year olds. <laughs> um, but we didn't, it didn't go anywhere. We just played with it a little bit. And so I've had this interest and, uh, Last, last year, not last year, but the year before, was it, no, where are we? It wasn't this dragonfly, it was a dragonfly before, right? So a year ago, right. um, Monty and I were talking and, you know, we talked about the podcast a little bit before and I knew my, I'd known Monty for a couple of years at this point. And, um, and I'd known Shaggy and Mike. And so we were at dragonfly and we started talking about the podcast and I had, because of my experience around newspapers, I've been involved in, in, in fact, I was a news photographer. I'd been involved in hundreds of interviews and we were talking about one of the shows where they interviewed somebody and we literally, um, they're not going to appreciate this, but I was like, dude, you guys need to shut up and let the expert be the expert. Right. <laughs> so, and I didn't say it quite that way, but I did. And I was like, we, we talked back when we were talking about some of the things we thought were really working and things that weren't. And what I thought was working and what wasn't working. And we just, we literally had a bullshit session for, man, I mean, I bet it was a couple hours. And, um, right after Dragonfly is Monty's competition every year. And, um, so we, I went down to the competition, um, and flew in that with, with all those guys. And Monty and I talked some more and we and Shaggy and I were talking and they invited me to be on the podcast as a guest to talk about the competition just one thing led to another, you know, they ended up inviting me on the show and, um, it's been a lot of fun. We have, we have fun every time we do it. And, uh, you know, I learn a lot from those guys cause I get to be the part, you know, those guys are all pretty knowledgeable. So I get to play the dumb shit on the show, you know, and the guy that's trying to learn the stuff. And I think I can add to that, you know, or that's, that's kind of my niche in the show is I get to bring that perspective you know, bring the perspective of, wait a minute, why did you do that? How come you did that? Why do you, you know, that kind of thing. Right. All right. And, and, uh, I, I think, I think we can get a lot better at it. Um, but I think we are getting better and, uh, I don't know how you guys feel, but, um, that was where it came from. That's how I got on the show. Nice. Yeah. You know, telling, telling Monty doesn't know how to interview people. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, it's, it's not about that. It's, it's something, you know, interviewing is a, is a learned skill. And, um, it's funny cause since I think of, since I've been on the show, I don't think we've done a single interview show. No, I don't think so. We don't have guests very often. Um, so what you're saying is your advice was, Hey, let me tell you how to fix your interviews. Just don't do them. Just don't do them. <laughs> <laughs> Just don't do them anymore. Yeah, there you go. That, I, I guess so. Cause evidently that no, we can't get any guests. It's probably the problem. Um, you know, they're afraid Monty's going to show up at a Dairy Queen window or something. Yeah. Right. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, no, it's nah, all good. I love those guys. I think you were a good addition. I yeah, enjoyed yeah. hearing you on there. Definitely. I appreciate that. We try. Um, and we, we've made some changes. You know, we've, we're doing a different intro now. And we're, you know, we don't want to change it up so much that we're something different than what they are. You know what I mean? They are the tech guys. They're the ones that... You know, we see that as our kind of niche is to be able to bring the technical stuff forward. It's it's hard to do that if we try to do it more than once a month, you know? Yeah. Right. Uh, I, like I said, I don't know how you guys do it every week, but you guys do a lot of non-technical shows, you know? And um, Mostly just BS our way through it. 
Yeah, I hear. I mean, we do that too, right? Um, but I'll tell you, Monty is really good about when we come up with a topic. He's pretty good about you know putting some show notes together and keeping us on track um, with the you know with the nuts and bolts of of what the show is about. I know we 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 certainly branch off, but anyway, yeah, we see our niche is kind of the technical side and. I try to be the dumb shit on the show. I don't try it. It works, just works out that way. <laughs> hey, that's an important job. Really. It's an important Nobody job. He has to do it. <laughs> yeah. Somebody had to bring Shaggy out of the clouds and quiet him down. So. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, it's rain all good. Bit. Yeah, rain him in a bit. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of funny. Well, let me ask you this. Do you Has the hobby changed for you in any way? You said you've been doing it about a year. Oh, the ho- I'm back in the hobby. I've been doing the podcast about. Oh, you I mean, since. how has the hobby changed since oh, you started the podcast? Yeah. Um, more people know me, for one thing. Right. Um, I have grown um, as a pilot, and I think um, my feeling towards the way I want to deal with other people in the hobby has definitely changed. I was always the kind of guy, and I think Andy, you probably came from kind of like I did, in this sense that. We'd go to the fun flies and stuff, but we, you know, we had our friends that we hung out with. Yeah. But we didn't really branch out a whole lot, right? Very much. Yeah. I agree with that 100%. You know, because I I met you at that dragonfly. I think it was that dragonfly. Might have been. Where you guys, you and Tina were set up next to me and um, Joel, another buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. And I think we talked a little bit. That was, that was the one you won the auto contest. Right. And, um, I remember thinking to myself, who, who the hell's this guy that just won the auto contest? Monty and shit is out there. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was like, that was pretty cool, it was right? It was what? Dumb luck. No, it, we've seen you auto. It wasn't luck. And it was, it was, uh, and in fact that day, Monty wouldn't have won anyway. I don't think, I don't remember exactly, but I think there were some other guys too, but, um, no, that was, that was when I kind of, I, I knew you, but you weren't on the podcast at that point. No, I actually joined the week after that. Yeah. It was very week. close. Cause yeah, I, very I, close. Dude, the, the first time I heard you on the show, I went, I think that's hey. the guy we were set up next to. <laughs> right. And I, I talked to Joel, I said, Joel, do you remember the name of the guy? I literally said that Yeah. Um, because podcasts have always, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I don't listen to music. I don't listen to radios. Um, anymore. I only listen to podcasts and I listen to all the RC guys. There's, there's just one or two that I don't listen to anymore. Roundtable, I don't listen to too much just because they're mainly airplanes. Um, I'll listen to them once in a while, but you know, um, it was funny that you started that right about the time I was talking to Monty, you know what I mean? That, Mm -hmm. that whole thing. But it was funny when you were on the show and I was like, Whoa, dude, what's he doing on there? (laughs) And I actually, went back and listened to the episode where you get, where you were a guest on the, uh, when you guys were doing the, um, the listener series, listening series, right. Where you were on the first time. It's pretty horrible. And well, it wasn't <laughs> horrible at all, but I was curious I to learn more about how, how you went. Cause I didn't know you other than that, having met you that one time and talking with Tina and, you know, we, we talked about our setup of our canopies and stuff. I mean, it was, it was kind of funny. Um, cause you guys had that, you have that silver thing that you had to put the, that lets the wind through, but knocked out the light. Right. Yes. You know, the, the, the uh, I forgot what you call that, but it's, um, it's like a shade kind yeah. of a system. 
Right. Because the sun was coming in there. It was cooking Tina. And Tina, how'd you put that thing up? I remember that was what I kind of remembered, you know, that and you're on, you're winning the auto contest and then just talking a little bit that we talked. But then when I heard you on the podcast, I was like, dang, what did he do to get on there? Um, <laughs> and then little did I know, you know, a few so months I, I see what it was. Once you heard me, you're like, oh shit, if he could do it, I could I definitely do it. <laughs> <laughs> I could definitely do the dumb shit on the show. No problem. Exactly. <laughs> It all so let anybody do a podcast. Oh man, if that slow talking dude can get on there, anybody can be on a podcast. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> it was all good, man. It was fun. It was that was, but it was. It's funny that we we've been kind. Of, we started at a similar time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, the hobby is just more people know me. Um, I'm trying to be more active at Fun Flies and and participate a little more. That's hard for me. Um, right. I'm not used to flying in a lot of, in, in front of a lot of people. And yeah. this year I have flown almost not at all because of my eye situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, other than just hovering and, uh, I think Steve would have shot himself by now, but, um, <laughs> you know, oh, luckily the other way by now <laughs> <laughs> or just taking on another Miata. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoy hovering and the precision of some of that stuff, but it yeah. does, you know, I want to do some other stuff. And to be honest with you, I've been flying the oxy quite a bit and that's yes. helped. Of course, I can't see it when it gets away from me at all. So I just hand the radio to Putu and say, bring it back, please. But it's been, yeah, the hobby has changed. And yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Andy. That's a good question um, of how it's changed since I've been on the podcast. And, and sure. it's, you know, more people recognize me now. And, um, I have, I get more questions. I bet you do too. Get more questions when your places at fun flies or even at the field. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I, yeah. Rich, you were, you said a good thing that I thought was the same thing that probably the rest of us thought is that you really didn't realize it. Uh, and I think it's has to do with the fact that when you're not doing a show or whatever like that, you know, beforehand and you just go to a fun fly, like Andy was saying, or you guys were saying, you know, you, you go and you talk to maybe four or five people, your friends. And mm-hmm. when you're doing a show like this and you go to a fun fly, it's not like you go out of your way to talk to everybody. And I don't think everybody goes out of their way to talk to you. It's just like you just being more, you know, out there and talking to everybody and just seeing what's going on. And it's, and it's just to me that adds to the, to the hobby. Yeah, but, but it's not like an ego thing either. Like I've, I'm this guy and I got to talk to everybody. It's just, I don't know, man. It's just, you're more like, uh, kind of like just in sync with everybody and just, I don't know, you know, right. just, just there. And it's not like it, like I said, it's not like it's a, an ego thing or. Right. I think you're more in tune with what's going on. Yeah. yeah. No, you're just, for me, it's like, I, I really try to. See, make sure I can remember everybody's name because I feel bad if I can't. Like if I met him a few <laughs> times and I'm like, damn it, uh, you know, because yeah. you meet a lot of people and it's, you know, it is what it is. But it's just uh, it's just it, it brings it, you it, out of your like little area, your little comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And, but you're not really you're not really trying to do that. It's just that's just what it happens. just happens. You just start yeah. to know the whole community that much more. Well, you know, you and I would have never met Kevin if you wouldn't have been doing the podcast, I don't think. Right. Remember, I, I, I introduced myself to you guys, um, man, it was either Spring Fling or Mowdown a couple of years ago. Yeah. And I hung out with you guys a little bit. The, um, at the, the Loctite event. Was it, it was it the Loctite event? Mm-hmm. 
It might um, have been I, no, same location. No, it was before then because <laughs> it was before, it then, was yeah. before Andy. It was, yeah. it was before Andy. So it was, um, I think yeah, I, I want to say it was, it was either Mow Down or Float. Or I don't remember which one it was, but I think it was Spring Fling, but it might have been Spring Fling because it was definitely one of the uh, Virginia events. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and, absolutely. Uh, we were camping out there. Yeah. Yeah. I came over and sat down with you guys for a little while and talked. And, but you and um, I, Richard, talked having dinner one night. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we were the, just, uh, and we were just bullshitting. Yeah. yeah. And not even a lot about the hobby. So it's those, those conversations happen now a lot more than they ever happened, yeah. you know, a year and a half ago. Um, yeah. yeah. And no, this year's been tough because, you know, I, last year I was talking about, I spent about 45 nights in my trailer last year wow. at Fun Flies. And this year I haven't spent any. Wow. So, I mean, that's not true. We went down, Monty came down and visited for a weekend, the weekend that we, he was going to have his competition that Dragonfly happened. And um, so I, I camped out in the trailer a couple of nights at the field there. But otherwise, I haven't used it at all. And um, That's funny you say that because that's what's coming up in my what's next for you in the hobby later because I'm going to, down to the fall down and I'm like, where's that little – I had a little toiletry like set up that I was constantly, <laughs> I was just leaving on my desk. Cause it was like every other week I was grabbing it to go to an event. Uh, and hey. So now I don't know where it is. I got to like look <laughs> to try and find it. I was doing the same thing Sunday. I was going through the trailer going, what do I need to change in here? If I get to go to the Modown and, um, yeah. and packed a few things away and made sure some things were still in there and stuff. Cause I'd taken things out. You know how that goes. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, being being part of the podcast definitely um, opens opens you up a little more to the hobby, and I, it's been I think fun. So. Yeah. I think part so. of it for me, especially, it's that once you start hearing about people's experiences and stories, you kind of want more. Like you kind of mm-hmm. want to hear more more of that yeah. stuff, right? And get to mm-hmm. meet more people and see the uniqueness of everyone, but also the commonness of everyone. I don't even know if that's a word, mm-hmm. but you know, just that we have all this, you know, commonality of of um that kind of draws us to this hobby right like yeah. not personality per se but can be um like what we're into what we do for a living how mm-hmm. technical we are or how technical we're not you know what we'd like right. to see so yeah that's pretty cool it yeah. is and if you're like me and i know you guys are the same way i really like helping people and and yeah. get i get a big grin on my face when i see a new guy get off the ground for the first time you know yeah um, and I asked when I did the align class last year, um, I asked those guys why they did it and, um, you know, why, what they got out of it. Cause they're, you know, yeah, when you, Ben, Ben said, I literally asked him, I was like, dude, you guys are spending all weekend out here with us. What is it for you about this that you like? And he was like, man, when you did that funnel, that grid on your face was why I like <laughs> to do this. And, um, because I went there with one goal, right. was to get, I have, was having trouble with my last quarter of the funnel. I couldn't get through it. Okay. And, um, I'd fall out of the funnel every freaking time. And man, I got on the stick with, with Ron, with, uh, Ben and Ron and man, uh-huh. they had me, he, he, he was just, it was so funny. Cause he'd be like, what I was doing and I didn't realize I was doing it was I was pulling back on the stick, giving an elevator, getting yeah. it straight up and down. And then trying to correct with aileron rolling it sideways thinking i needed to get tighter that's exactly what happened it would start to fall down uh, you know fall tail down and then roll out so it was getting tighter and you know, i would just fall out of it every single time plus that particular orientation when it's coming back towards you right. just made me nervous sure. so i yeah. 
that was where I bailed every time. Yeah, and, subconsciously uh, you're bailing, right. Yeah, and even though you know you're saying in your head, all I got to do is hold it. Just don't move. Yeah, don't, don't move. move right. Sticks. Mm-hmm. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. It's fine. Yeah, it's nope. fine. Boom, bail. Yeah. You know, you're subconsciously like, yeah. <laughs> pull back. It's like, it's and and you know when Ben's sitting there going no forward stick forward stick forward stick aileron yeah, aileron aileron forward stick forward, you know right. you're like um, all of a sudden you get through one yeah and then you get through another one and then he's like look you're doing it and it's like and I'm like and then you get through one he doesn't have to save you at all or something you know it's pretty cool same thing with big backward I was doing forward and backward hurricanes um, and you know doing hurricanes in both directions by the time we got done that week and I had never done a backward hurricane before. Um, so those were those were pretty cool things, you know. Yeah. Um, nice. Although he had to save my ass a lot <laughs> doing doing hurricane backwards hurricanes. Trust me, it was really funny. I went. He's. I wanted to do a backwards figure eight, a big backwards figure eight, and I said I'm going to be fine going to the right, but when I come around the left side, that's where I'm going to have trouble. And he's like, "All right, I'll, I'll, we're good. Let's go." Yeah. And it it was just the opposite. I could get around <laughs> fine. I, said, I couldn't around. I mean, it was. Yeah. totally backwards he had to save me he goes he goes i thought you were good to that side and i was like yeah i did too <laughs> <laughs> but yeah if you get a chance to do that stuff with those guys it's worth it and, well the funny part is you don't have to be part of a class to get that information and i know that now mm-hmm. right any of those guys will help you yeah they'll i mean if you talk to them they'll get on the box with you and help you if you want to be on the box mm-hmm. um you know i mean look, look how many times you've flown with and you've helped me with some stuff you know Mm. You know, yeah. I mean, just crash. I don't know if that was a help, but <laughs> that was funny, daddy. and that was like that—that's the ping pong gasser. Yeah, um, just straight to the tree, straight ping pong down the tree with with yeah. almost no damage. Amazed, yeah. still amazed. to hear that no damage or yeah. minimal damage. It was minimal for what it was. Yeah, it didn't even didn't even eat the blades. Yeah. Um, it was a canopy, a main shaft, and a feathering spindle. And I think was there. I think the link, one of the links, broke too, didn't it? I don't remember. I don't remember. Yeah, but I didn't think it was a feathering spindle or a main shaft either until I tried to fly it the first time. And was like, "Oh, something's bent." <laughs> um, but yeah, it was. What? What's something about uh, the, doing the podcast that you didn't expect after you got going or doing a record? Good question didn't expect yeah um it to take shaggy actually a whole month to edit it out of the show <laughs> um what didn't i expect you know i think that um i've gotten to be really good friends with my co-hosts that i i don't know that i didn't expect it but right um we've gotten to be pretty good friends yeah. and um you know they've turned out to be people i really care genuinely about it's um, you know, the hobby for me is the people. It's not the helicopters. It's, it is, and I know you hear this crap all the time, right? Everybody's, oh, it's the people. No, it really is the people. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love to go to fun flies because I really like being around the people and, um, the helicopters and stuff are fun. But when I go to fun flies, how much, how many times do you guys see me fly at fun flies? Right. It's, I don't do it very often. Um, and when I do it, I'm not doing much of it. Um, it's, it's cause I like being around. I like watching other people. I love, I love watching, you know, big air stuff when Monty does his thing. And, and I like watching, you know, y- you guys and, and, and Shaggy get four inches off the ground and Apollo doing some of the crazy, crazy thing, yeah. you know, I love watching all of that stuff. 
And mm-hmm. it's not that I can't do it or want to do it or did do You know, it's not about that. It's about seeing what these guys are capable of doing. And when they walk off and, you know, patting them on the back and, you know, mm-hmm. just really enjoy it. I think I, I really hadn't thought about that question before. I didn't think that would, you know, I tried to come up, think of what you guys might ask. That wasn't one of them. <laughs> it's a good question. So um, it didn't expect to get that question. I didn't expect to get that question when I started podcasting. That's cool. Uh, yeah, I really think how, how close I've gotten to some of the guys. And, uh, you know, I truly respect some of these opinions of these guys. Um, that's of everybody. You know, I mean, I, I listen to all the podcasts and, and not only just the podcast, but the guys that come up to you at the field and you're talking, you know, the ones that know and the ones that don't. Um, and uh, yeah, usually because the ones that don't say, I don't know. I, sometimes I, or, uh, or a lot they, of times <laughs> ones that know the least, they, they are really quick to tell you exactly what you need to do. Exactly. Exactly. You they'll know, come up, they'll be the first ones to say, Hey, need to, and it's like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. I uh, try to give those folks, I try to give those folks the benefit of the doubt. Like, but they're trying, they're trying to I help. do too. You know, at first I do too. Yeah. Even if your opinion is way left field, I'm like, I don't right. know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. True. But, okay. That's right. cool. Thank you. You know, as long as they're not, you know, putting somebody's heli in danger or something, or putting, you yeah. know, yeah, of course, of course. But that doesn't mean I won't come up later and say how'd that work for you, and if it didn't work, you know, I'm yeah. going in the right direction if I can. They help you, yeah, yeah, help them get going. But it all depends. It's I, I just I love working with guys who've never flown before, just getting their helis off the ground. Yeah. You know, I build helis for other guys all the time. Um, I have a little side business to help support the hobby doing that. Um, right. Awesome. Yeah, so, yeah, it's fun. You want to build an Oxy Five? Sure, send it over. <laughs> I won't even charge you. Oh, sweet! <laughs> Get the friends discount. You got the friends discount. You got the free the, the podcaster discount. Okay, oh, there you go. Hello, <clears throat> podcasters. Nah, man, I, I'll help anybody build anything. It's the guys that you know have have means and want something to pay somebody to build them. I'll do that, but right. I'll help anybody get a helicopter flying. Have you met Steve Shaw? Thing. He might have a few. Oh yeah, <laughs> that he could send your way. <laughs> yeah, I think he likes to build them. He just likes to take a year per heli. That's all. <laughs> hey, I've done that with some, some people's helis. It takes him a year to start building it after he wins it for free, mm-hmm. and it takes two years to finish. That sounds like Andy. Only he has to pay for them. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm waiting for the, that's what it's becoming anyway. Yeah, I'm waiting for the uh, trunk sale in the back of Andy's truck. Uh, one of these days, brand new heli never built, ten years old, <laughs> vintage, vintage, yeah, and fly barless, yeah, it's just new in package, right? Yeah, awesome. Have you ran into any difficulties with podcasts, or maybe with the record, or well, yeah, that? you know what, we've all we all have our challenges, right? Um. But technical challenges of getting a bunch of people, even this day and age, um, to be able to get talk together and get it recorded and get it recorded in a way that is sounds good is harder than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, we all use different tools. I, I think, you know, I mean, by, by all of us use different tools. You guys use Skype. Um, we use discord and record our own chat. We each record our own and we upload them and Shaggy puts them together. Right. Um, we also back that up with discord so that we, 
um, have a have a backup in case one of ours doesn't work. And matter of fact, the last episode, mics didn't work. Mike, Mike's for some reason his his recording was dead, and we had to use the Discord recording uh, for him for that. So um, there's the and you, I'm, I'm sure you guys have the same thing once in a while, right? Where things just don't behave the way you would expect. Oh yeah. Yep. Yeah, and and we're all constantly learning and we get in a groove, right? So we use our tools, we learn those tools and as long as they work, it's all great. But that that week that it doesn't work, we're all like, "Oh crap. You know, why didn't that upload? Why didn't it say why you'll hear an echo that you didn't hear. Somebody'll be breaking out. Now, Shaggy's, you know, Shaggy Shaggy. His stuff is just crap and we deal with that. Um, I don't but it's know not his fault. Conduct a show or have a conversation when it's yeah. doing that. It's really difficult sometimes. And you can tell the shows where we have the most trouble. And here's a little tip for that. If Shaggy's not talking, it's because we couldn't understand him and he wasn't talking. <laughs> right? Because it's like right. if, if we can't literally understand him, then we, it's hard to do that. But at the same time, um, if we can hear him at all, he's recording, right? So yeah, sure. we have his recording. So if we can understand him at all, sort of like we like on Friday nights when we hear him, we can understand what he's saying and when he's asking questions and stuff, it just isn't something we'd want to have in the podcast. Right. But he can still be in the conversation. Um, and so as long as his recording works well, we're fine. Still seems like it'd be hard to keep it, a flow or keep any kind of conversation going. Some weeks it is. Yeah. You know, we love you, but we all bust his balls about it. Um, so, you know, he used to go over to the field where they have better internet and, um, he doesn't do that as much now. I'm I'm not sure the reason we have to ask Shaggy, but I think it's more because of his work schedule and stuff. Um, but that's, that's a technical challenge we have as our show, just because Shaggy's got bad internet. That's one small thing. You know what I mean? Um, because I'm an IT guy and I'm used to working on computers, I don't have too many technical aspects, you know, too many technical problems with the computers, although computers are computers. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the biggest thing. I think um, since I've been involved, you know, we haven't had any guests. We haven't had those challenges. Um, yeah. I'm sorry I don't have a better answer, but that's the technical ones are really where they're at for me right now. The guest, uh, you brought up guests, I, that definitely can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. from yeah. all different areas. I kind of feel like on the other side of this whole coronavirus thing, it's going to be a little bit easier. So many people have had to learn how to Skype or Zoom or uh-huh. whatever, television right. meetings yeah. and this and that. I feel like right. the the knowledge base for doing this has probably went up exponentially. Oh, I agree. I, I totally agree with you. Technology is probably getting a little better, too. Yeah, people are going to understand when you say, "Hey, can you press this button?" or "Hey, can you just send yeah. me a link?" or "Can you?" Just, they're going to understand that I way have better to do it for work or for this or that. Mm-hmm. My wife wouldn't have had a clue about anything with Skype before before you know Corona. Mm-hmm. Nothing, you know. Austin, dude, he's like all over it, and he would he wasn't doing any of that before. So yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Um, you know the quality of the of, of microphones and things, you know, you and I, you know, Andy have talked about it and Steve, uh, I enjoy playing with that. stuff cause I'm a technical person and the different types of microphones and stuff is fun to do is to, you know, kind of fun and interesting. You, you wonder when the recording is really bad 
um, you know, what type of mic they're using. And that's got to be tough with guests all yeah. the time, never knowing Don't know. what, what they've got for mic. If they've got a little gaming headset or something and it's just going to be clipping all the time. Right. Um, or, Some you know, are- you, you don't expect a lot and they sound fantastic. Some mm-hmm. not, not as good. Right. And we don't have that as much cause we don't typically have guests, you know? Um, and it's not, it's not that we don't have guests. It's just, we haven't done any with guests this year. Um, we may do some more next year. I don't know. We've got a pretty big announcement we're making this week that, uh, Oh shit. They're going to kill me. Oh, oh boy. Oh boy. We got something coming. You're going to want to listen to this week's episode. This doesn't come out to Friday morning. So you said oh. the show should be out this week. So hey, you guys, you guys need to be listening to the Telerotor this week. We got something coming for you. There you go. There's something <laughs> coming. Shit. I can get done. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We, we've got a project we've been working on. That's going to excite. I think it's going to be exciting for people to, to listen to and play with. So, um, well, speaking of that, we need some some juicy, funny inside things that never yeah. made it on the podcast. Yes, you got to give us something. Oh shit! <laughs> juicy didn't make it on the podcast. They're funny. Yeah, Dude, you get stuff funny, uh, something that happened. You know, you know us and Monty. He doesn't hide anything. We put <laughs> it up. What if we clipped out? Oh man, what's Dude, if we got something funny, we need it in there. We're dumb. I mean, we're not funny people. Um, oh, man. You guys should have hit me with that one before. That ain't fair. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> what if we clipped out of there? Or something, maybe something happened behind the scenes or something. That yeah. Does it have to be like, just yeah, like someone happens? It's usually technical, yeah. right? Um, something that we've clipped out of there. He went on a 20 minute cursing spree and well, shaggy. Well, Monty so. does that at the end of every show now. Um, <laughs> or Shaggy. He, he just can't. His- yeah. And he edits a podcast. So sometimes, you know, we'll crack on him and that stuff won't make it in. <laughs> um, well, you, our show, we just kind of say what we say. And it, if it's, if it doesn't make it in the show, it's usually in the bloopers. Um, you know, this particular episode we've got coming out, it's a pretty good one with this, some stuff in it that's, Nice. Um, you guys want to listen to this episode? It's got some funny stuff in it. Um, nice. Oh man, I wish I could think of God. That's be put on the spot because I really can't think of something we've put out. That's, really, uh, that's why they call it the hot seat. Really. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, Dang, I don't know. Listen to the bloopers for the last, you know, ten episodes, and yeah, it's it's the stuff's in there, but it's really. Um, I, I mean, think I think you kind of just said it. Kind of yeah. interesting because the way Shaggy is, that he explicitly edits things like that out. Yeah. And, you know, which is very unique. Shaggy I think. is also very good at laughing at himself. Um, so he'll get upset about something, but he, he laughs about it later. And he doesn't typically edit, he, he doesn't typically edit out things that we wouldn't necessarily. Edit. I mean, um, when we listen to the first edit, we'll come back, particularly Monty, he'll come back with a lot of things to either cut or move. Um, that Shaggy doesn't pick up on the first run. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been heavily involved in editing the last two episodes, um, just because mm-hmm. some things that have been going on with, you know, Shaggy's time and stuff and getting it done. Um, and, and giving him a break a little bit. I don't know guys, that's a tough one. I wish I had something better, you know? Um, yeah, I wish I had some, God, 
Monty would be like, don't you remember this? Don't you remember yeah, that? Yeah, he's going to have like 15 of them. Fuck, 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 fuck. What the fuck are you doing? You can't remember shit, dude. You're old fucking fart, man. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. I. Oh, damn. That's that's embarrassing. I can't remember something really good. That's all right. We've yeah. had some, you know, every podcast you have some, some something, you know. Don't about, about to happen. About it. I can't yeah. remember anything that happens here ever. I'm not, yeah, I have trouble so remembering the microphone off. It just, I forgot everything. <laughs> yeah. What did we talk about? You know, yep. so, sorry guys. I don't have something better with that one, but something juicy. If I did shaggy would have 44 of them. <laughs> yeah. Might be yeah. one interesting one in there. Yeah. There'd be at least one, <laughs> but you'd hear all 44. <laughs> you wouldn't be able to understand them, but you'd hear them all. Uh, um, you mentioned uh, becoming more friends or becoming closer mm-hmm. with the, the co-hosts. Uh, how else are, I mean, how's your relationships changed with each host? I mean, you mentioned kind of being closer. Anything yeah, else? I, I, I think that, um, you know, we get into phone calls sometimes where we talk about things I would have never before the podcast and getting closer to those guys. I would have never called Monty just to talk to him about something other than related to the hobby. Right? I might call him and say, "Hey, dude, I got the 760. I can't believe you got me into this piece of shit. How do I fix this?" Right? Mm-hmm. And only I wouldn't have said, "Dude, you got me into this thing. How do I get myself out of it?" Right? It would have been a call. It would have been technical. Now I'll talk to him about anything. Right. You don't want to, I'm the same way. You, you don't want to bother somebody, but then after you reach a certain level, yes, then you really don't care. Yeah. There's a certain level of comfort that, you know, conversations just happen. And the same thing with Shaggy. I mean, he'll call sometimes and just, he'll just want to talk about something. That's cool. It's all, you know, I mean, it's, it's, I don't want to say like a son, but definitely like a, a longer you know, younger guy that I've got a good relationship with. You know what I mean? He's, he's a good guy. And sometimes he just wants to talk about some stuff and that's cool. And he would have never called me before for anything. Um, Apollo's Apollo and, uh, smart ass guy, smart. One of the smartest guys I know, just really smart and really knowledgeable about an awful lot of things. We've had some good conversations about some technical stuff that, you know, um, (laughs) you know, He's a smart guy. He just hopes he's, the squirrel doesn't run by or anything. Cause yeah. he'll be gone. Yeah. He's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He, all of us, I think all of us are characters on the show. You know what I mean? We all have our own place and, um, you know, everybody when, when, when DePaulo, I mean, DePaulo can be funny as hell. Um, this episode he's going to show his, his stuff. And, uh, so if you've listened to this episode, God, now we got to get it out by Friday. Oh yeah, you better. <laughs> oh um, boy. I mean, there's some funny stuff in here, and then the Paul's a big part of it. So, nice. um, yeah, you know, and if you get if you get if you get Apollo going on a technical subject that he he has some passion about, um, yeah, you're going to learn a lot if you listen. And um, I mean, we keep getting ragged now about our. Um, crimping episode but there's a lot in there and that just came out of a a, a, not a disagreement but a a conversation that um and i was having um 
online. We were going back and forth talking about crimping tools and stuff. And, um, all of a sudden it was an episode, you know, and Monty popped us says, dude, there's an episode here. And we went, yeah, let's do it. You know? Um, and that's, that's been a pretty good episode for us. Yeah. So I enjoyed uh, it. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, nobody thought we could talk for three hours about crimping and we <laughs> could have gone on. It's the scary part. We only talked about one connector, you know? So yeah, the relationships definitely grow. I mean, another thing that's grown is, is our relationships with other podcasters too. Like you guys, you yeah. know, um, your Friday night thing is a lot of fun. And, um, that's, and I wanted the first time I went, I, you know, I started sticking in there. I, I didn't expect, you know, just having fun listening to you guys bullshit, you know? And, yeah. and it's, it is a good time. It's even, you know, like, like you said, Andy, you get on there and you sim for a while, but then you land and just listen to what everybody's saying and back and, you know, listen to the nonsense. Yep. yep. And let, let's go. So, let's see. so that's, it's the relationships are definitely growing and they've grown with other people too. Yeah. Um, you know, other people in the hobby. I think that some of the people that, um, you get to know because you start to have a little bit of a voice are people that you wouldn't have talked to at all before, you know, like, um, how much time would you have spent with Bert and Kyle if you weren't doing the podcast? Um, right. or, you know, and I don't have a you know, big relationship like you guys do with those guys, but, um, I do with some other ones and you probably, at least me, I'd feel really uncomfortable talking with any of those guys before the podcast and not really talking with them, but I might go talk with them, but I'm not going to, you know, talk with them the way I would now. Right. That makes sense. Um, and, and certainly, you know, I mean, it's, it's an interesting, it's an, it's been an interesting growth in the hobby since I started with the podcast for sure. Mm -hmm. Nice. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Anybody got anything else or should we move it on? No, I think we should uh, move it on. Bringing back the uh, top 10 shotgun round. <laughs> shotgun round. I'm ready. Top 10. All right. Let's do this. So how do we want to break up the questions? <laughs> I'll do the first three. I'll take <laughs> eight, 12, and 15. <laughs> I knew George was going to say something like that. Last time I was, I'll take the last two, George said. So he said the first three, right? George wants the first yeah. three, yep. So yeah. so do you pinch or do you thumb? I'm a hybrid. My thumbs really? go on top and my fingers go in front, and when I gotta get to the corners, my fingers kind of come off. So I I you know, with trying to do precision hover, you gotta have two fingers on the sticks, I think, to get really precise, and it's just um, yep, so I'm hybrid. What do you like better, nitro or electric? Gas. Um, I don't know. I, I like them all. I know you guys hear that. It's it's a loaded question, but mm -hmm. um, I I enjoy a fire breathing thing, something that feels alive. Right. But at the same time, um, I fly electric probably ninety percent of the time, eighty five percent of the time. So the answer would have been yes. Yes. Five hundred and below or five fifty and larger? Five fifty and above. Five fifty is my favorite helicopter by far. I love six S five fifty helicopters. I think price to performance to you know, that's that's where I'm at. Mm -hmm. so, 
So, uh, I mean, I, I play with the smaller helicopters. I've got smaller helicopters, but most of my stuff is all 550 or, or bigger. Right. When's the last time you flew a fly bar? Blade 450, probably right before COVID. Oh, okay. Recent. Yeah. So after Christmas, before COVID. Nice. Yeah, guy had a little, one of those old Blade 450. Or there's a 450 or 400, whatever that old, old wooden blade ones. 100. Yeah. I think it's a 400. Um, nice. Yeah, we got one of those going for him. With, he had, we had plastic blades for him, but, or, you know, they had a plastic blade, yeah. a wooden blade for those things and stuff. Anyway, we got one of those flying. So, yeah, I've flown one this year. Cool. Sport or 3D? Oh, sport. I, I'm not a 3D guy. I would like to be. Yeah, me too. Um, I'd like to be, but you know, for me, the biggest 3D thing I do is probably TikToks, and I'm working on. Uh, I can do them on the sim, but in real life, I'm gonna. I may try it this next week if we uh, if I make it to the mow down. Um, I've been working on doing rainbows with a half flip in the middle, mm-hmm. and um, I think I'm ready to move that to the real to the real thing. The oxy will die first. Nice. <laughs> so a rainbow with a. Uh... Half flip. Yeah. Well, you know, where you're going, start, in a, you know, you do a rainbow, right? And as you come back, you just do a complete half flip and end nose down. So you start nose up, half flip to nose down, but you're not going all the way to vertical. So you end up like you in a rainbow and then go forward, do that same half flip forward into the same spot. Okay. Um, Pudu was playing with them at the field, practicing them after he saw Kyle do them. And, um, and they look pretty cool. And, uh, I was like, dude, that doesn't look so. And I was trying, when I went, I went home to try them and I was trying to full flip. I didn't realize he was doing a half flip, right. getting a whole flip in. Oh yeah. It's, a lot. I, it's, it's, yeah, I was, it was above my skill level and, and pay grade and everything else. And but the half flip is, is not that tough. It's basically not anything, any different than doing a traveling flip, but starting it in a more vertical position and ending in a more vertical position. Right. So if you can do a traveling flip, I think this is not a, you know, it's not that different. Uh, and since I can do a traveling flip, I should be able to do this in real life without a trial. Oh, we'll find out if I'm at Modown this weekend. Um, right. This weekend you heard it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, it doesn't mean anybody will see it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have to show that to me. Cause I'm not sure what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think yeah. I got it, but I'd like to see it. Yeah, it's literally just think of a rainbow. Draw him a diagram. Yeah, that's what we'll have to do because it's just you start at a rainbow, nose up, right? Start coming back to the other direction, and when you get about halfway, not halfway, before halfway, you do a half flip and end in the rainbow position but nose down. So you're only doing half of a flip instead of a full flip. You're doing it at the top of the rainbow or – yeah, during, right well, while you're doing the rainbow, so you're not. It's not oh, okay. a. It's not a stop and do it. It's as you start moving, you start pulling back, and it's it's a half flip, ending nose down, in that typical forty five degree rainbow position, right? So your rainbow goes forty five degrees to forty five degrees with the nose always pointing up or the nose always pointing down, right? So if you start nose up, and as you move through the rainbow, do a half flip, you'll end nose down at that 45 degree position. And then when you go the other direction, you do a forward half flip and end back at nose up. Yeah, I think I got it. I'd still like to see it. 
Yeah. I'll have Putu do for, do one for you if he's there this weekend. Okay. <laughs> uh, or I'll try it and the oxy will die. Let's see it. All right. That so, was a hell of a question. For <laughs> oh, sorry about that. Go ahead. <laughs> you guys know me. I can talk my ass off. Here's what inquiring minds want to know. Do you use a strap on or do you go loosey goosey and go strapless? Man, I've been strapless forever until I started competing with Monty and I have recently started using a strap. A safety necklace. Safety necklace. And so, yes, I'm, I'm strapped now. Um, yeah. Okay. Coreless or brushless servos. I don't care. Um, whatever. I mean, I've got brushless and I've got brushed and it doesn't matter. I mean, I'll tell you one thing I hate. I hate the hum of a brush servo. So if it's a hummy, noisy servo when I'm on the bench, yeah, they're, annoying. they're just annoying. So, um, my, my favorite servo, you know, uh, my servos of choice right now are expert R2s and they're brushless. Okay. Fuselage style or pod and boom style? Pod and boom. Cause it just costs less put it in but with my eyes getting so bad Might be. that Stop. could change <laughs> okay we're working you know anyway right now pod and boom uh lower high head speed low well no in between i think um i'm not a 2200 you know 700 guy but you know 1850 1950 on 700 um yeah. is where i like to be yeah. and in in a hover I'm down around 1500, 1530. Um, okay. For hovering a competition and then flying in the air, it's 18 to 1950. Okay. Nice. And then the last question is Urcha or smaller events? I love smaller events. Nice. And I've never been to Urcha. My first year was going to be this year and work killed it um, yeah. or COVID killed it. But I have been to big events. Um, like for instance, mow down and, you know, when we were getting a hundred and 120 pilot or in a way they're getting wet between about a hundred pilots usually. Yeah. Um, and I consider that a big event. Yeah. Um, I love small 25, 30. I, I love RCHO. I love their, you know, I love yeah, going to, they got some there. good events. They're fun. You know, it's just, people just open up there and get crazy and it's fun to watch and they're great people. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I love the smaller ones. I, I love the small quiet ones too. You know, we have a pretty quiet one, um, which has been quiet in the past. We're going to try to grow it this year. Um, with the COVID stuff going on, we're going to try to get a few people there and that's the Goldsboro event. Um, that's in October. And, um, so we'll start advertising that after spring, after fall mowdown. we'll start pushing that, try to get some people there this year. That's been a pretty quiet sleeper event. Um, it's only gotten, you know, 15, 20 pilots in the past. We'd like to get that one bigger. Um, but I like all sizes, but I, I prefer the smaller ones. Awesome. That was the top 10 shotgun round. And it only took an hour. I knew that would happen, right? <laughs> yeah, this time uh, we were loading the rounds. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Uh, let's move it on to the planker segment. Ooh, oh, yeah. the planker segment. You ready for this, Rich? If I've got to be, yeah. As long as I didn't give him any fodder, I'm good. All right. There you go.
space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to seek out new ways to screw up a podcast and to boldly go into the sewer faster each episode. Our story follows the lower deck waste management crew, Ensign Andy Shafton. Sparkies with your gyros and your bullshits. Yeoman Steve Hulu. That electric? Oh my god. Ensign Kevin LaDouche. So what are you saying? They castrated him? Junior grade engineer George Studwell. Let it bounce. Because I suck right now, I don't. Oh, you've done it now. I know, right? <laughs> well, it's going to blow up. Yeah, I'm like kicking myself in the ass because I'm like, holy cow. Holy, holy shit, you guys, you guys are bailing the waste tank with buckets? I'm trying really hard not to just shit all over this thing. Fantastic. Shit wipes off. You're, you're not wrong. You got it pretty dirty there, but. I'm telling you right now, if Commander Cranky Puss sees you, you guys are screwed. Shit, if the commander finds out, you guys are boned. I mean, boned. Bill drives me crazy. Ah, jeez. What are you morons doing in here? Um, just screwing around. Don't tell me you idiots are bailing with buckets. Nope. This is a starship, not a barn. Nobody cares. (laughs) Get this place cleaned up, or you idiots will be cleaning the Enterprise windshield without spacesuits. I'm an old man. Leave me alone. I can't stand the smell in here. When I come back, this place better be spotless. Sometimes all you need is a Snickers. Guys, for real, <laughs> why don't we go? Why don't we go to engineering and see if we can get what we need to fix this? This is unbelievable. Come on, follow me. Okay, hold up, hold up. Uh, while we're waiting for Bill Ann's Oscar nomination to come in, we're going to have to break this into two parts. That's, uh, so that's part one. Yoda with a tool rental bill again. Now our automotive maestro is speeding to meet his friends on Endor. Soon fate may intervene as the evil Emperor Mazda lays in wait for the unsuspecting boo. <laughs> Mr. Miata. You're mine. 
I think I'm getting old. I need to check my eyes. Forget it. I, I gotta get my eyes checked. That's... Forget it, you dumbass. <laughs> you will now come over to the dark side. Into the world of original equipment, or OEM. No. <laughs> come. Look out the window, young Sky. I mean, Miata. See your friends below as they enter my trap. Fuck. Everything is crashing. Understand the power of the dark side. Wow, it wasn't too bad. You cannot refuse us, Mr. Miyama. You will turn to the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> You let him slip out when you weren't looking? I find your lack of faith disturbing. Who the hell installed an exit sign in my throne room? Go find that little shit. Put one of those big black boots of yours right up his ass. <laughs> and then break it off. And on your way out, send in the asshole that put the exit sign right in this room.
Oh, dude, it's a good thing you didn't go in. Yeah. No, the last guy choked him to death. The fucking guy dropped on the floor dead. Data, your cat got out again. Lacutus, you have a call on six. Lacutus on six. The 10 o'clock Death Star Puppet Show has been canceled. Maintenance, maintenance. The toilets on level 644 are overflowing again. Dude, did you see the Mr. Miata? I thought that was a chick. <laughs> you sure that's not a chick? I saw the video. And that's it. All right. Half Star Wars, half Star Trek. Yeah. <laughs> that was awesome. I don't know how he does that. He should really do that as like nope. a podcast. Yeah. Like do like people do fan films. He should do like fan audio books or some shit. <laughs> Put it out now, how many podcast. hours it must take him to do those? Oh, doesn't he have a day job? Yeah, but he owns his own mechanic shop. So, you know. He does this during the day job. Yeah. <laughs> he's in good with the boss. Yeah. I heard he's still yeah, there you go. You know what those two episodes have in common? Well, the one episode that was two separate episodes. They both had riveting actors in it. <laughs> yeah, I noticed that. I was on the edge of my seat. Yeah. Yeah. So believable. It doesn't sound like he was reading or anything. No. Uh, it doesn't sound like he was trying to keep it down because other members of the family were sleeping or anything. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's move it on to news and announcements. All right. News and announcements. We have a new Scorpion Tribunus 2. This time it's the 12S 130 amp update. That's cool. Updated version. I thought you were going to go Scorpion Tribunus 2. This time it's pissed. There we go. Something like that. It's out for revenge. Yeah. So what's different about this one? I have no idea. Improved BEC current and voltage drop for high amp servos. Okay. Only has a 0.8 volt drop on 30 amps. Added gear ratio and motor pole settings for Jetty and Futaba telemetry. That's cool. Finally. In, yeah. Increase the log size to 64 kilobytes. Optimized current protection. More politically correct motor control function. <laughs> <laughs> or more PC motor control function. Uh, let's see. It says newly added USB port for PC connection with or without main power source. Nice. I already spoke about uh, improved BEC protection, Futaba telemetry support without additional adapter, 
and they've got Android apps supported to allow you to configure configure or update the ESC via USB port without a main power source. Quite a bit of updates. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So Android support, but with a USB, only on USB? Mm, Android apps supported to allow you to configure or update the ESC via USB port. Yes, I think. So you have to be connected to a tablet. Yeah, you can connect to a tablet or a phone. phone. Well, uh, I mean, I guess something would have to power it up to update it through the USB. Well, it would probably pull in the 5 volts of USB power. Right. Power. It, can, it means it can power the device enough to make the changes. That's cool. Right. Yeah. That's, a, that's, that's a help. Yeah, you don't have to buy the, the adapter, you know, that USB adapter that they have. Right. right. So yeah. Best thing to have in your toolbox that you need. No, that's, that's cool. cool. It's not as good as total integration. MSRP is three nineteen ninety nine. Okay, that, is, it, is it an HV? Yes, this is the one thirty amp, 12. 12 yeah. Yes. That's not a bad price, then. I said that. <laughs> I wasn't listening. I'm a podcaster. No, I mean, I couldn't remember <laughs> if I said it or not. I think oh, I did. But I yeah, I think you did, not. too. I'm not sure. Didn't I tell you I forget as soon as it goes out of my mouth? I forgot what I said. <laughs> Andy has a shirt that says, I've already forgotten your name. <laughs> uh, I need that shirt. I can't remember I would, anyone's name. Yeah, my neither. I'd like that shirt. Guy that's speaking? That's Mr. Sowers. Hey, you got it. Sowers. Calvin. Richard. Kelly. Kevin. Something like that. You're not my friend anymore. Swashplate. There you go. Swashplate. (laughs) Skid bump. Skid bump. Traffic cone. Hot start. Hot start. Traffic cone. (laughs) Pothole cover. Uh, Oh, boy. Anyway. Check that out. New Tribunus. Next on the list, we have a new airplane. Well, I think this was a re-release. Is that what you said, George? Yeah. The, the E-Flight F-18 Blue Angels 80mm EDF in ARF Plus. Plus. What does ARF Plus mean, you ask? Yeah, that what does ARF means Plus? It comes with servos and whatnot. But it is ready for the installation of your 80 millimeter EDF unit, motor, and ESC, and receiver, obviously, mm-hmm. and battery. I always like those Blue Angel scheme planes, whatever they are. They always look cooler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. F-18 is one of my favorites too. Yeah, the Thunderbirds pretty sharp too. Yeah, I know that there was a 70 mil. I don't think E-Flight made it, though, and it was terrible. It could barely get off the <laughs> ground, but I don't think it was E-Flight that made it, and I don't think – I want to say it was on Hobby King years ago. So you don't know what the difference is, but they did make it. It's a totally different size. Yeah. <laughs> it's like everything is different, but I don't know what's different about it. I don't know if they made one or if it was 80 mil. So you're not really sure if this is different from the one that someone else made that you don't That's know. totally different. <laughs> that sucked. Oh my gosh. Yeah, something like better. that. This one's probably better than that one. It's after 11 yeah. p.m., so I'm going to say all sorts of shit. Oh, it is when it gets real interesting. This is when it gets interesting. So, does it come with like their fly brawlers, not fly brawlers, but their gyro 
AR. I don't think it comes with anything because it's ARF plus. It's only ARF plus or uh, okay. Yeah, still need a receiver. It says yeah. Okay. Fan ESC. But it comes with servos, right? Right. Yeah. Retracts and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, retracts, oh. Right. Yep. oh, it says there's a. Oh, never mind. See, I'm going to say something else that's stupid. <laughs> stop myself. So many people like to change them out to different, you know, in runners. And- yeah, sure. You could put a higher performance or or a more efficient, just depending on what you want, what you're looking for. Right. It says needed to complete full range six plus oh. channel transmitter and receiver compatible eight eighty millimeter fan unit motor and ESC, and of course a battery and a charger. Oh no! So um. So there's that one, and there's also a BNF Basic for four sixty nine ninety nine, and that does come with um, the fan. eighty, yeah, your yeah. ESCs, your brushless and and runner with the fans, um, the servos, and the AR six three six. So this is basically battery. Your how much is the basic? Four sixty nine. So four hundred seventy dollars. Okay, and the RF Plus is three sixty nine. Right, so hundred bucks for. But I, I think it's worth it for the fans. Yeah. If it's a decent unit, it's way worth it. Get an ESC and a fan. Yeah. yeah. And a uh, 66, which is going to be perfect for this plane. You know? so yeah. I still with the select safe. That's a no-brainer. Well, unless you want to put a higher performance something in it. I would still get it and then still upgrade it later on, you know? But, yeah. Cool. Yeah, true. No-brainer. No-brainer. Aren't you an expert at those, Kevin? No yeah. Brainer. Oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm the tin man. <laughs> no bueno. All right. So the Nick Maxwell Freefall giveaway. We're gonna we're gonna we got all our data, the data in. We're and data. yeah, so data. next next week's episode, uh, we're gonna we're gonna do the announcement of who the winner is. So you have to stay tuned for that. Absolutely. Yes. Stay tuned. It'd be yep. you. I, I hope I win. Still, <laughs> unless you did waiting on a few mail-in ballots. No. You may be waiting a while. Yeah. <laughs> Those will be null and void. <laughs> and I don't want to hear any chaos, corruption. I don't want to hear anything. I have spoken. It's rigged. Okay. I guess, uh, yeah, let's move it on. What's next for you in the hobby? What's next for you, Steve? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna finish up the Kraken. Probably when I get down there to Virginia, Friday night at will be like Saturday, like three in the morning. Um, but yeah, I'm gonna pack more stuff up and head back to Virginia. And then I Saturday and Sunday, I I'm gonna go to the Motown. Yeah, that should be fun. Cool. Yeah. What about you, Kevin? I am probably gonna be editing for the next couple of nights, and I am gonna. <laughs> pack my stuff up and get out of work Friday and head down to the Mowdown, which is in South Jersey. Wink, uh-huh. wink for any of people that listen to this show that I work with, which is probably <laughs> none, but it's in South Jersey. Uh, there is one going on in Virginia, but I'm going to the one in South Jersey. Yeah. All right. Wink. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Andy? I don't think it works when you say wink. <laughs> well, I just didn't want anybody showing up in South Jersey going, what the hell, Kevin? Where's, where's Kevin? Yeah. 
Probably be Bill. Oh man, to hell, <laughs> Mr. Uh, uh, what's up for me? Yeah, yes. I'm gonna probably be riding a combine, harvesting corn. Damn, is that what they call it these days? Yeah, <laughs> I always got a new name for it. You know, mm-hmm. riding the combine. Yep, harvesting some corn. <laughs> Oh boy. We're gonna miss you, Andy. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I wish I could come to the mow down. Yeah. But I gotta mow down some awesome. corn. <laughs> yep, he's gonna be mowing down corn. Cool. All right. What about you, George? I think I'll probably be sticking around the house for a few weeks, getting ready for the October uh Halloween fly in. That'll be the whole weekend of Halloween. So Andy, if you're not cutting corn. Yeah, man. All you guys. Or uh, trick-or-treating. Some, some of the skilled guys are coming up. I think Daryl's coming. Nice. And uh, Jay, a couple more. And then, of course, a lot of the local tired iron guys. We'll have plenty of good food. We'll do a low country bowl one night. Probably Saturday night. Mm. Have a campfire every night, and you don't have to worry about getting COVID here. It's COVID free. No, I mean you can get it, but you don't have to worry about getting it. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That goes for anywhere, really. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, we're gonna have a good time. We know how to. We know how to. How to have uh, hospitable events. Nice. I gotta make it out your guys' way one of these days. Yeah, yeah you need to get down here. It's uh, free America. <laughs> yep. I don't think it's all that all that far. How long does it take you to to get to uh, RCHO, Andy? Six hours. Was it that far? Well, five maybe, maybe mm. five. So I'm an hour south of RCHO, so it would take me six. Or oh. there might be a shorter route. Might be shorter, right? Mm, not really. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I could probably go up through Winston Salem and head out that way. That's the way I go. Actually. You said you're you're in what town? I'm in Fayetteville, North Carolina. Oh yeah, an hour south. I'm right on ninety five. Yeah, yep. you're about. Let's uh, say six, five and a half, six. Yeah, I was gonna say five and a half. I used to go back and forth. Fayetteville. It used to take me about four and a half hours to get to uh, Asheboro. Fort Bragg. Fort Bragg, baby. Where men come to, yes, jump out of airplanes. Jump out of perfectly good airplanes. Jump out of perfectly good airplanes. Yep. We got a lot of awesome guys around here. Nice. Yeah. Awesome. A lot of guys and ladies. And what about you, Rich? What what do you got coming on next? Um, I've got to get a Diablo put back together and um, canopy painted and then hopefully thursday morning my ass is going to drive out of here and uh head up to uh virginia for a fun fly called the modem so yeah i'm planning on being there so it'll be the first one of the year i'm excited yeah um i got the okay from work today that it wasn't gonna cause me a problem so i'm heading up we're gonna try to fly something yeah hang out in the trailer I'll be the guy with the tape all the way around. Don't break the COVID line. <laughs> oh, boy. Hey. <laughs> yeah. 
no, we'll see. Yeah, no, I'm excited, man. I'm I'm gonna just load up and head out, and uh, I can't wait to see everybody. It's it's just been a long time. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, uh, should be good. You know, yeah, cool. I'm psyched, but yeah, got to get ready, get a couple of things ready for that. And uh, I said I'm gonna go up Thursday, so I should be up there early afternoon Thursday. I hope. I was at a um, the filming of a Hallmark movie all week last week, and uh, I got to do a uh, well, I don't know a talk about what we did down there on Thursday. So I got to find some internet up there somewhere. I'm going to be Shaggy Junior if I'm not careful um, to do a discussion. But oh, cool Hallmark greeting card movie, man. It was not exciting, but it was fun. I'm sure it was an experience. Yeah, it was. It couldn't have been like an action thriller, you know. With, yeah, right. I've noticed that the Hallmark Channel has a lot of actors and actresses that wouldn't play ball with Harvey Weinstein on it, on them, <laughs> on the channel. No. Yeah, that's what it seems there's, like to me, anyways. Is there's a lot funny. of there's a lot of actresses that I knew you you knew growing up, uh, or as they progressed, and then they got to a certain point, and now they're like uh, on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Well, it's, it's funny. The actors and actresses, from what I understand, are contracted. But, like, the crews are all – not, not, they're, they're with Hallmark, right? They're contracted to Hallmark. So you see the movies, and they've all got the same actors. And my wife watches that like crazy. Oh, so. dude, my wife lives in it, right? And um, I had the opportunity last week. They needed – they rented the newsroom down in Wilmington, North Carolina, to shoot um, – what's the name of the movie? It's the USS Christmas. It's going to be a Christmas movie for this year. And um, they rented the newsroom because the, the the female love interest in the movie is a reporter. And uh, so I had to go down and set up a bunch of computers down in the newsroom and then kind of make sure they didn't tear the place up while they were doing all the filming. I tell you, it was interesting. Being an ex-photographer or a photographer, I guess you could say, it was interesting to see the difference between, you know, doing stills and still production versus actual true movie production, not video production, but, and they are doing it on video. They're doing, you know, everything goes to a card, but right. I mean, it's just interesting to see how they, how all the scenes are shot and how they, um, production how, value in a how the production value. Yeah. What do they shoot that on? They use a red camera. They use a- they're, yeah. They're like a red, only they're bigger. Um, Oh wow. The guy was telling me they're considerably more expensive than a red. Really? Um, Wow. Yeah, and they only they only had two cameras on set, which I found interesting. I thought when they did all the different angles, they used oh, they just you know just cameras. They just re, they reshoot it. They yeah. have yeah. the actors do the scene five times, yep. and they shoot it from different angles. And um, I found that really interesting. And uh, the no, the props and stuff. It was funny. I was having lunch with a prop guy, and I didn't know he was the prop guy because I was working with him. Um, I did some of the graphics and stuff that are on the screens and. Their people also provided, a you know, matter of fact, most of the graphics were provided by their art department. And, um, but their, some of the graphics they provided didn't look like they were newspaper or something you'd see in a newspaper kind of thing. But, um, I, uh, they, let's say we set up, where was I going? Old age. The cameras. Oh, cameras, the cameras. Yeah. Um, they would shoot, they had the two cameras. They're bigger than a, you know what, how big a red is, right? Yeah. Yeah, they're bigger than a red. And the way they have somebody pulling focus, um, it's all done remotely. And all the sound was really interesting. I'll have to send you guys a picture of the soundboard. It's not a soundboard. It's a, it's this cart this guy sits in front of. All the mics are done wirelessly. 
And so he's this cart's got these big antennas and stuff on it. And he's sitting pretty far back from where the main production's at. And then you have all the guys that are out with the booms and they have, you know, they have the, they have the actors mic'd, they have mics on booms. They have these little disc mics they were putting around on the tables. Um, and watching this guy work and get his levels and how they kept track of the scenes and stuff. I found that just fascinating. That's unbelievable. Uh, it's, it's just, it was really cool. And the number of people and, uh, I that I had lunch with a prop guy and, um, he said, you know, when we finish lunch, but you have to come out and see my trailer and I'll be like, Oh cool. I'd like to see that. And I was expecting like, you know, a 24 foot trailer, like what we used to haul our helicopters in, you know, or a 12 foot trailer, something like that. Uh, uh-uh. this was a 40 foot semi. Oh. Um, you know, with a lift gate on it and you walk back in the back and all the props were lined up, um, on each side in racks, all in these tubs, everything labeled. And I mean, he had everything in there from, you know, pencils and paper and and he did everything an actor touches, right. Is the way he described it. He had guns and, um, stuff, you know, bulletproof vests and, you know, we were talking about cameras and filming and he has all the, you know, paparazzi stuff. When you see the paparazzi scenes in the movies and stuff, all the cameras and stuff they're using, he had all that. So it was really cool. Um, I was expecting this little trailer. He goes, yeah, this is my rig right here. And I, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah. Red, the red camera came out right as my buddy and I kind of stopped doing, uh, that was like the, the latest, like high def or whatever, 4k, mm-hmm. you know, digital, like what they were filming some actual cinema films on and, mm-hmm. and uh yeah so to to hear there's something else after that now or yeah i yeah, i could just it's, crazy it's a, man avia, avia arvia something oh, okay. like that i probably got a picture of it somewhere um it's i can't think of the name of it but it was it was fascinating to me because there there there's so many people involved in like the camera operator they call him a camera operator not a photographer or a videographer because he's operating this machine right yeah, And then you have a guy off to the side who's, you know, looking at a completely different monitor, standing 10 feet away, pulling focus and handing, handling exposure. Wow. And, you know, you have the directors and the assistant director sitting in chairs over on the side. And they're like, oh, give me another half of this or another blah of that or whatever. You know what I mean? And they weren't talking the same way we talk about apertures and shutter speeds and, you know. Um, yeah. Hot, it was, it was cool. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, Okay. Did he just say F11 or F16 or did he say shoot it at a 60? No, you know, that's not the way they, that's, that, that's not right. the way they do it. It's a whole um, language, huh? Yeah. There's a whole language around it. It's, it's really like cool. Stop and ISO. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how I didn't get into the, I, I, I got to talk to one of the operators quite a bit and, um, I, I didn't get into the technical aspect of how he operated the camera other than the way they were pulling focus. Cause I thought it was really cool how he had a remote control that he was using to pull focus with. Um, it wasn't wired to the camera anyway. Everything uh, camera had all these antennas and stuff sticking off of it. It was really, really kind of cool. And they had monitors all over the place, wireless monitors, like nice. the directors had them. The guy that's pulling focus had them. Um, there were some other people in the back. I don't know if they had to do with the script. I mean, there were other people. The sound guy had a monitor, um, had two monitors back in the back on his rig. Um, I mean, there's just monitors everywhere that everybody's watching what's being filmed and how they're doing it. And, um, yeah, it was really fun to spend those, those few days and getting that. It was fun too. Cause they'd call for, they'd want some graphic on the screen and they had some animated graphics that they were using. Like when the reporter would sit down and the camera would look over at their shoulder at the screen or they would have to move the mouse. Well, they weren't actually moving anything on the computer. They had a video that I'd, I'd start up and let it loop. 
the, the mouse moved around on the screen, you yeah. know, over something or scrolled text. They weren't actually doing it. And that was the role I was playing. It was funny too, because they'd be like, IT guy. And I'd be like, I'm coming. <laughs> and the whole operation stops till I get that freaking video up or whatever it was. It was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Felt nice. like I had a lot of power for like 30 seconds at a time. Sure. You know, we had a monitor die. That was power for like 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Wow. Um, and you've got all these people just standing there looking at you going, okay, you got it fixed now? Ready to go? And I was like, yeah, I loved it. I had fun. It was a good time. I really had a good time. But now I get to, you know, do a report on it to all the IT guys in the company. Cool. Driving to the Modown. So that's, man, dude, you guys ask a question. See how far off I go? <laughs> yep. Love Down the rabbit hole, buddy. So that's going to be my weekend, that's I hope. Good. Next time we don't have any content, we're just going to ask you a question. And then we'll, get <laughs> well, we're going to get Bill in on and talk about F-stops and let Rich go. And then, okay, <laughs> see you next time. Yeah, we can talk F-stops. So get them both together or they may open up a black hole or something. Well, yeah. sucked in. We get Javier on, too, and that's it. Just and, the earth will explode. We can all, well, that'll be fine. We can just do that, hit record, and then we'll all go to bed and they can. Right. And we'll get up somebody's the next morning and drive enough, We'll have it. enough audio for like three shows. Yeah. <laughs> but somebody's got to drive it, right? Yeah. We'll get Shaggy on for that. He can <laughs> I drive won't be it. able to understand. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, that's a podcast idea right there. Yep. We dare you to listen to the whole thing. We dare you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, let's move it on. Do we have any listener pipeline? I did not see any. No. Okay. Then uh, let's, it's the time to wrap it up. Yeah. Yes. All right. So first of all, I want to give uh, Rich a huge shout out. He has started us off on the right foot, I think, for this fellow podcasting series. So yep. really appreciate, you know, the time and effort. I appreciate you guys having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Thank yeah. you. Thanks, Rich. Good idea. A lot of fun. Thanks. Check out Taylor Rotor. Yes. Yes. Give us Especially some likes. This week's. Some feedback. Watch this. Yeah. <laughs> listen to the, watch this week's. Listen <laughs> to this week's faces for radio. And, uh, yeah. It spends be two days on a movie set. Now everything's watch this, watch that. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it was three days. <laughs> no. <Excuse laughs> Take, <me. clears throat> no. Yeah, yeah. I say that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. Thanks. All right, Thanks, let's wrap guys. it up. We got Facebook likes. We are at 1,330. That's plus two this week. Ooh, uh, let's see what we have here. We have William Sanella, Anders Dallas. Awesome. Thanks. Okay, Facebook comments. What do we got? Mm. Don't know. I have comments. Double your pleasure. Double your fun. <laughs> Fly. Last episode, we have a few comments. Mike D said, "Next Planker will have a new game show called Guess That Smell." I don't know what the hell he's talking about. <laughs> I don't know. He, the Planker segment was uh, the game show thing. Oh, forgot the plot of it because I'm stupid. And you forget. Uh, Great Eagle Jr. said, gum chewing Mentos. Ian Joel said, geez, Mike D. Way to record me after eating bad sushi, dude. LMAO. P.S. I'm not going to that restaurant again. <laughs> uh, 
Jamie Burkholder said, great episode as usual. Thank you, Freefall RC. I want to comment on the email from Marcus Wright about heli training. I have been flying now. Oh, this, this, yeah, this is very relevant because Jamie hasn't been flying for long at all. Uh, I've been flying now since May 23rd this year. Wow. Now that I have 140 flights on my Blade 230S and 40 flights on my Align, Align 450L, that I picked up at a fun fly. I think my perspective may help. The blade is an awesome training heli. I have crashed it hard five times, resulting in the need for parts. The most expensive crash was about $30. That included a new frame that he broke in half. I also crashed it another six times with no damage. The result of flying the blade 230S along with sim training has been progression for me now i have all my hovering orientations down that includes inverted i can do forward flight yeah i mean at what six months of flying not even um i can do forward flight circuits and loops with confidence i am working on backwards flight now and transitioning to moving while inverted uh moving flight while inverted i could not have the intestinal fortitude to try to progress like I have on a more expensive bird. The Align 450 flies much better, but I would not be able to hover it inverted if I hadn't tried and failed on the Blade 230S first. Yeah. That's awesome, Jamie. Thanks mm, for awesome. writing us a, cool. you know, a little letter on that. that that's, that's great, man. Yeah, and Jamie's been joining us on the sim night. We get a chance to talk every now and then, usually before it gets crazy. Me and him have talked a few times. <laughs> but that's yeah. awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Damn. Think of the years I wasted. <laughs> like, shit. Damn, yeah. Blade, why couldn't you have a 230 like four <laughs> or five years ago? <laughs> right? I think it's also all that sim time, you know? Yeah. It's, um, it's funny. It's like there's like... I don't know if it's like a thing or not, but they're like, my wife's like, oh, you know, there's COVID babies. There's going to be COVID pros out there, you know, just the people that started during this time and just all they did was sim and practice and got a, you know, 230S and and started the right way, <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're going to far suppress that, you know, surpass us um, with their flight capabilities soon, you know? Sounds like he's already passed me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, me too. And I won't lie, I don't got my all my orientations inverted. Yeah, you know? Not me either. Yeah, so. Cool. All right, what else? I don't know, what else? Is that it? I mean, uh-huh. I have a I have a video running of my little side project from the side uh-huh. project. Uh, but yeah, that's cool. Which right. is a little tiny, geez, he's like eight inch tall R2-D2, the guy that made the... The major files for the large one that I'm doing, he printed this one out, and it's just a couple of continuous servos hooked up to a, um, a, a RC receiver and uh, one one servo for the head. And I ordered this really micro soundboard that I'm gonna try. This is this is the cool part about these type of projects. He doesn't have anything to do with it. I said, let me. I'm gonna see if I can put sounds in this guy. Uh, so I'm I ordered a little tiny soundboard, a little tiny speaker. And I'm gonna see if I can load. Uh, you know, an SD card with some sounds on it and hook it up to a couple triggers. Yeah. Huh. That'd be cool. Yeah. That sounds cool. I like that Kyle Snyder said, watch out. They're starting to multiply. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Eric Bonfig says the robots are taking Bonfig. over. 
Yeah, robots are taking over. Uh, let's see. Facebook listener posts. Do we have any? Mm-hmm. I think the only one we have is from Thomas. Uh, he can't see the visitor post on the Free Pharmacy page. Uh, I was going to post clicking see you know visitor post option, but it's not there. So I think uh, I think something with iOS. But it's interesting because I'm able to see it, but it could be because I'm an admin. So my well, be- I figured it out, and yeah. I told, yeah, I can't actually get to see it right now on my computer. If you click on community, then yeah. Mm-hmm. And I told him that. Me and him went back and forth for a while, but we got it figured out. Because I couldn't see him either, the visitor post on my phone, which is yeah. weird. Cause I always could just click post and then go to visitor post. And right, I was, like I can, right. Now it does, and it just goes back to like the main, yeah. like we post, the main page. Yeah. But if I wonder, community, it works. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, I wonder if Facebook is changing things like kind of like rolling updates like not everyone has the same version because i don't know why i can see it but you can't you know so it's interesting it quit working for me a couple months ago yeah all right and that's really all we have for the visitors folks all right let's move it on to website comments we did have one that pertains to rich Uh oh i'm from ian joel (laughs) Oh, I thought we did that one already. No? Okay. No, six days ago. Oh, yes. I misread that. Yeah, I thought that was eight days ago. Yeah. Uh, Ian Joe posts uh, LMAO with Michael Shaggy Parker. Waiting for Shaggy to finish editing the next Telerotor, next episode of Telerotor. And it's a picture of a guy, a skeleton in front of a <laughs> keyboard. <laughs> Holding its chin in its hands. Its chin, like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's how I feel sometimes too. It's good. At least this uh, month. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So it's coming. Comments. Hmm? It's coming. Yeah. Uh, we didn't get anything on the website or the email this week. All right. People popping. People popping. We had one thing happen. Actually, two. I'm lying. Two things. Uh, Cesar started following us and Great Eagle Jr. liked episode 243 Double Your Pleasure, Double Your Fun Bly Thanks Great Eagle Awesome And uh, Great Eagle also commented Outdoor Basement Yeah, three days ago Chewing Gums Red Mint Nope I don't even know how to say this word Draw draw seals in the housing affordability. Only the size of shoebox fits Cinderella's Ash Ketchum's all Pokemon collect Hellies into greatness. Whatever that means. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Cool. Nice. Alright, that's all we have for that. Okay, iTunes review. I saw nothing new on iTunes. Nope. Oh, boy. All right. So drop us an iTunes review, and we'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4c at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4c podcast. Check out our webpage, free4c podcast.show. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. All right. Flight test forums, off the field, audio and video production, other than flight test podcast, free4c podcast. Say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hill to Flyer. Hey, Dave. Good talking on Friday. Yeah. All right. Fellow podcasters, we got the Heliheads podcast. The Heliheads is with those head guys. 
those <laughs> freaking four <laughs> Kevin, Mike, Paul, no, Kevin, Mike, Dan, and Scott. All right. Telerotor podcast. Telerotor is with Rich, Robert, Mike, uh, and who else? And another Mike. And another We've Mike. A thousand times this episode. <laughs> I, know. Uh, I figured I had mentioned him enough. Uh, all right. BKRC <laughs> podcast. Rich with Bert and Kyle. Mm-hmm. RC Roundtable. With Fitz, Terry, and Lee. All right. And RC After Hours. With Andre. High Voltage. With Bobby Watts. Skids up. That's with Paul and the other two guys. Those other two Spanish guys. Oh, boy. <laughs> Inverted down under. That's with those Australian guys. <laughs> All right. Park Flyer podcast. Park Flies with those Texans. Um, two two mics and a J. All right. Uh, Houdini RC Heli podcast. And I had to have had that right or else Steve Wattenberg would have corrected me by now. Or Texans. Uh, or Texans would have corrected me. No, Those are I, more Texans. Yeah, yeah. That's um, that's Kenny Sierra, that's um, Richard Spiegel, and Brett Gallagher. <laughs> what? <laughs> Brett, <laughs> I'm sorry, what? it's getting late. Brett Gallagher. Got liver. All right. And don't forget to check out our friend <laughs> Bill Ann YouTube channel. Check him out. Bill, Bill, Bill. Crying out loud. He gets enough likes, he might move out of his house. He might move out of Jersey. Actually, no, don't check him out, because I don't want him moving down to Florida. Keep him in ask Jersey. Him, ask him what F-stop he uses. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep. F-11 and the 60th. Yep. Nice. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Rich, again. Hey, thank Good you, guys, man. It's been fun. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Rich. Hey, really fun. Thanks. Appreciate it. You guys take care. All right. Thanks to our listeners. Free our skies, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. See you later. Bye, everyone. All right. See you next week. See you guys. See you, see you George. See you, George. See you, guys. Nice talking to you. Who's broadcasting from the train tracks? <laughs> yep. Somebody. George. What is it? It's always George. <laughs> I'm hearing like an echo every now and then. Yeah. I heard that too. It's not me. I've been muted. You did. You did. You did. Oh, <laughs> there's the echo. Yeah. <laughs> it's you, George. It's always George. It's always George. Yeah. Bullshit. I had it muted. I know, and as soon as you unmuted, the echo came back. <laughs> I can hear muted, 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 muted. <laughs> Hang up and fix it. Oh. I think I pissed George off. He's been very quiet. He muted himself. <laughs> he was sick of hearing you accuse him. Yeah, he muted I, mean, to be honest, I don't really blame him. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to go up there one of these days. He's going to hit me across the head with that submarine.
like in your case, yeah. how you ended up joining another show. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. I told them they sucked. They needed somebody else. Nice. No, that's not really what happened. But You're kind the of best you could find. Damn. I know it sucks, doesn't it? <laughs> <clears throat> so I fit right in. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah.